the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day. We're closer to uh, Friday than we were on Monday. And a big change as far as uh, the weather is going. Have you looked at... Yeah, I forgot something, Dave. What did you forget? Your camera. Oh, well, you'll get it started. I'm not worried about it. I still got a lot of work to do to make that thing work right. I know. I know. I'm still trying to get the audio right on it because I noticed yesterday it was way how down. bad that mic on that silly camera works. Yeah, got to kind of. I think that if you really want to use it to, for audio in studio, you'd have to have it real close to you. you well, know? not only that, I've also got a. I, I can run it. I can run it out of a headset jack into the iPad, but I got to have a TRRS connector to get it that way. Okay. You write Does that make down, sense to you? Well, you, I no, but if you write okay, it down, good. I'll get I'm it. I'm talking over your head, so at least I can. No, you said a connector. You. I don't know which connector it is. I don't know if it's a mini plug or what it is. Oh, it's a 3.5 millimeter. Yes. Okay. But it's a particular kind of 3.5 millimeter. You write it down, and I'll take it to wherever I need to go, and I'll get uh, one. I'll go buy it. Okay. We'll get it up. We'll get it running. We'll I'll get go steal it. Randy's credit card and go buy it that way. <laughs> That's the best way to do it, man that's always the good way you know it's been really kind of weird today for me because i've been sitting and watching a lot of this coverage of michael coming on the on shore in uh, florida and it's exactly where i was three weeks ago have you seen the condo blow away yet no 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 in fact hadn't floated off to the side anywhere just a moment ago they're doing they had Fox had their reporter, and of course, they all got to go outside. You got to walk outside to show people that the wind's blowing and the rain's falling. Was he acting like he was walking on the moon? Yes. You know, leaning into the wind and trying to make his way down to the beach. Well, a couple other guys were walking by straight-legged. Yeah. He wants everybody to see the surf, right? By the way, did you see where Jim Cantore was banned from Florida? No, because he brings bad weather with him. Of course. (laughs) Wherever he goes. Do you know this is the third worst hurricane in U.S. history? As far as when it made landfall, how strong the wind was? 155 miles an hour? Well, I got to tell you, man, that thing barreled in like nobody's business and hit shore quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because first I heard about it was on Monday. and It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, and uh, it's already made landfall and it's on its way to georgia that's that's moving that's yeah, moving it and it's it's you know as bad as it's going to be for florida you know where it's going to be really bad north and south carolina they don't need any more rain and they that got they five not. to seven inches coming that's a lot of lot more water than they're going to want they just Kind of gotten their lives a little bit back to normal. I can only quote a movie line. What if they spelled dog C A T? 
<laughs> can you name that person and the scene that all I can think of when you say seven inches of rain? Yeah, I cannot think. Well, what movie? That is was that? Ogre from Ogre. Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. Man, Ogre was hilarious. The only reason I he know was the that football is because player. I was Ogre. Oh, well, he was. He, this guy was. Oh, by the way, speaking of football, not good up in. Uh, Jonesboro last night. Yeah, I know. It was not pretty. It was ugly. I mean, it really was. It was just ugly. And uh, the reason it was ugly is that Appalachian State's really good. Well, and uh, the, the, the the quarterback for ASU threw two picks well, for scores. That's, like I said, they had a good team in Appalachian. A lot, a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, and that typically leads to intercep- uh, interceptions, but... Uh, their rushing and passing attack was very, very good. They did very, very well. If they don't win, they they may win the uh, the Sun Belt this year. What do you think? I mean, how well, much you know, how ASU much of the game is, did you get to see? With winning, and if not won the Sun Belt the last several years, so yeah, I mean, it's nice to see. Uh, don't get me wrong; I'd love to see ASU pull off the win and and go back to a bowl game. Yeah, but they can't they can't do it every year. No, unlike Alabama, who can probably beat some of the worst teams in the NFL. Right I would now. agree with that. They're pretty doggone good. I tell you, I I've been amazed at that team. I since they're number one, they get a lot of coverage. Of course, they're SEC, so they're on television every week. They are something. I mean, they've always had the great rushing attack. You know, they're always you're looking at you're talking about a running back that's a Heisman Trophy material. Now you're talking about a quarterback that's Heisman Trophy uh, material, and they can rush when they want to rush. Those guys are averaging six, six plus five yards per, uh, you know, carry, and they're passing like crazy. I mean, what was it, seventy-one, sixty-seven, and sixty-nine yard touchdown uh, passes against the Razorbacks. And you got that kind of an offense that can throw it or can uh, run it makes you very, makes it very difficult if both if both attacks are very very good because usually you try to take one attack away if it's a team that likes to pass a lot you try to take that away from them make them run if they run a lot you try to stuff the run and make them throw it but th- this guy is you know he's uh, you know for sure of himself and cool and collect it no matter which way he's going whether he's handing it off or running it himself or passing it himself. It's amazing. Team's amazing. And it's a typical Alabama defense. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, and uh, we've got a we've got one we've got one of the teams uh on our radio station this year. Well, doing that, well, yeah. Uh, Washtenaw Baptist is undefeated. You realize they're 6 and 0 right now? Yeah. They're good. They're good. They they, Went up to they had a, played Harding last weekend. They were a, down three to nothing in the fourth quarter with nine and a half minutes left before they put a touchdown on the board and won the game seven to three. Yeah, Rex would tell you, just as I'll tell you, that was a slobber knocker. That's, Defense. Yeah, slobber knocker, man. It's when you're down there just beating on each other. You're getting hit hard every time. And, you know, you get up after carrying the ball and your eyes are crossed and. You're, you're looking through a cloud. 
Well, they're not looking forward to the game on Saturday. I know Rex and the crew are not looking forward to it because they're they're not in a press box. They're sitting on top of the camera deck on top of the visitor's side with a tent over them. So where, even where are they going to be at? Uh, tarp just over top of them. And they've been calling for thunderstorms oh, on no. Saturday during the pregame. And so the guy's been worried about all the equipment because it's going to get wet. It's going to be wet. And well, this Saturday sure is when you're supposed to be there. What's that? Isn't this your week for being there? No, next Thursday. When I, oh, when, next. Yeah, good they'll, for they'll you. A, you the, chose the right. in Arkadelphia next Thursday. And uh, I'll be down there to, uh, to, do the, uh, to do the highlights for uh, – to record the highlights for the, uh, for the postgame. So I'll be down sitting in the press box with Rex and, and Mike uh, – well, not Michael, but Rex and uh, Jeff, Dr. Root, uh, and the rest of the guys who are going to be down there. I'm sitting in for Michael is why he's not going to be there, but Michael Westbrook. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll be down there with uh, the rest of the gang getting everything set up, uh, running running engineering and, and running um, uh, highlights for him. So are, you're going to be in Arkadelphia next – Next Thursday, they're playing next Thursday night, right? That's correct. Did you see what the weather says next Thursday? Take a nice, uh, no. take a heavy jacket with you. Uh, low on Thursdays, forty-three degrees. So when the sun goes down, going to get chilly. Just let you know. Well, the high. forty-three degree low is going to be early on Thursday morning. Yeah, it's still be. Chilly. We just got to see what the rest of the temperature is like for the rest of the day. I know it's going to get cooler that night, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll definitely take a bigger coat with me. But to, you know, today going to be around eighty degrees. Right now, seventy nine. Tonight will be fifty one. Starting tomorrow, high tomorrow sixty nine, with a low of forty six. Friday, a high of sixty four. Low of 50, Saturday 67, 57, Sunday going to be some rain. It would be 65, so it'll feel that much more chilly because you be a wet 65. 49 for the low, 43 for the low Monday morning. Um, we don't get into the 70s again until Thursday, 70 degrees on Thursday and Friday, then on Saturday, 73, and then we're going to nudge 80 on Sunday on the 21st at 78. Yep, summer's over, brother. I'm just telling you, we're in the fall hey, weather. perfect timing for the Arkansas State Fair that starts tomorrow. Yeah, yep. you went over here and talk, I'll have you talk about the food here in a moment. Let's get a break in so we can do that. And then when we come back, you can tell me what you thought was uh, your favorite new uh, item on the menu uh, of course cat robinson will be with us tomorrow something i do i have been doing with her for over a decade yeah she was out there today too oh sure she was out there eating food of course checking everything out i didn't get to go i had to go over to see the little rock tours with the nc gina uh, martin over there working on some things with them and just couldn't make it i typically get out there as you know because i look i like fair food Hey, Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. You need a, uh, an auto part, and you got a car that's got multiple thousands of miles on it, probably a good idea to go with something that's being recycled from a well-maintained total loss vehicle that you can get a good warranty on, like one, two, or three years, parts and labor, and uh, unlimited mileage, so you don't have to worry about if something happens to continue to go wrong with your car. 
Uh, and you remember there's only one place to buy a Sonny's Auto Salvage guaranteed auto part, and that is at Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Um, I use them because it's about half of what it would cost to buy a brand new part. I don't want to put a brand new part. I'll take the a three-year warranty parts and labor and unlimited mileage any day because, look, I got almost 300,000 miles in my car. Uh, you know, if I get to 500,000 miles, I'll feel good. I'll feel good, and then I'll be ready to get another one. Won't buy one off the showroom, buy one off the used car lot, but I'll be looking to get a new one. Here's the number to call to get your parts, 982-7451. 982 Sunny's Auto Salvage. You know, for a long time now, I've been telling you that Aero Plumbing is my plumber of choice. I uh, have been using them now for was it 15 years at the house, 14 years straight, 14 years. Uh, they saved me a lot of money the first time that I used them. I mean, I had something that was wrong with my uh, water pressure. They came out, took care of it. Other people wanted to dig up my yard. They came out, uh, pulled the piece that they needed right out from a little square area uh, in front of my home, changed it out, had my water pressure back. The whole thing cost under 100 bucks, And from that moment on, I was sold on them. And as the 14 years have gone past, Earl has trained a workforce uh, second to none as far as uh, plumbers go. He's upped his uh, technology. Uh, he can do things that other plumbing companies can't do uh, and do it in a way that won't cause you to be you know, put out uh, by you know, digging up your parking lot or digging uh, through your flower bed or, worst of all, jackhammering through your slab. Not going to have to do it. He's got... It's got the technology, lets him burrow underneath and find the, the leak, the problem, and fix it. So why go with anybody else? And then you get the 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied with the service they've provided, they're going to refund all your money. It's a win-win situation for you. Aeroplumbing.net or on Google, just Google them at Aeroplumbing, and you'll find all of the information you need to be able to contact them and get them out to your place and take good care of you. All right, so uh, I wanted to get uh, Russ back on with me because he went over today to the fairgrounds. Uh, Every year when they have the fair come in, uh, the fair has a media day where the media can come over and kind of look around, and then they serve them, uh, us, all of the uh, the foods that they're, the new foods, especially that they're going to have out on the midway, and you were saying there were a couple of things that you really really liked, Russ. One was something about uh, what was it, uh, uh, strawberry shortcake on a stick or something? Yeah, strawberry shortcake on a stick was really good. That was a great dessert. There were a couple of good desserts that I had out there, but uh, strawberry shortcake on a stick was definitely one of them. Uh, in fact, I, I want to say it was, it was given the, uh, best tasting award for, oh, really? uh, for the fair today. Okay. So what were some, what's some new kinds of foods people should be looking for? I mean, you know, reason the one that I want every year when I go out there, I want a turkey, 
side, you know, turkey. You want a big old turkey leg, and I understand yeah, that's I love that's that always stuff. out there. It's great, tastes great, and uh, it's it's not bad for you at all. Nope. This year they've got some really healthy food out there. Now, of course, they've got the Greek salad out there. They're going to have the Greek salad with chicken and the pita, but they've added a, a new one this year. It's called a uh, chicken salad stuffed cucumber. They take a whole cucumber. They hollow it out and they stuff it with chicken salad. Yeah. Really tasty and really healthy. Yeah, that one most uh, most creative this year at uh, at the uh, the the lunch today. Uh, they give us a chance to go out there as media to uh, taste all of the food that's out there that they're cooking. And the reason is is that we're doing exactly what they know we'll do. We'll talk about it. Bring it back here and sit on the air and talk about it. Yep. And so they had that chicken, that uh, chicken salad stuffed cucumber, really tasty and really good for you. That's the great thing about it. Uh, the same people that that, that uh, brought you that also had uh, a couple of other uh, things. They had a uh, a pina colada cheesecake. I think is what it's a tasty stuff. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, it was. They also had. And this is really going to sound bad, but it was very fresh tasting. A Spam sandwich. I heard they were, when Ralph Eubanks was here last week on Friday, uh, he talked about a Spam dish. And when I hear Spam, I think Monty Python. (laughs) You know, Spam, 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 Spam. I tasted it. And it was, uh, I got, of course, you know me, I've got a, I, I like a. I've got a spicy palate. I like I like hot stuff. I like yeah. stuff that will zing you. They had a spicy one, not really killer spicy. So it, it but it it got my attention to try it to try it. They've got four different varieties of it. Original. They've got it in spicy. They've got a a, a mustard, and uh, they've got a fourth one. I can't remember. I talked to them about it today, uh, but. Though they make it four different ways for you, they take the spam, they they take it and they they deep fry it, and then they put on fresh lettuce, fresh tomato on a bun, and serve it to you that way with uh, with a piece of uh, cheese on top of it, Swiss cheese, I think. It's really tasty. What a big surprise that they deep fry it. Of course, everything is better when it's deep fried. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll come back talk more about this. Then I want to thank everybody who came out to the movie last night, The Exorcist. Full house last night over at Riverdale 10. Let's call it 25 minutes until 3 o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Joe will be here at 4, answer your car questions. Duck is a little bit under the weather. He had a uh, procedure done on Monday. Uh, I heard from him not more than an hour after that procedure was done. Although he had to be uh, lying down, he was doing well said that, uh, you know, he'll be gone for two weeks and then he'll be back. So a couple of weeks off for uh, Duck, then he'll join us back here uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. I was talking to Russ uh, in the last half hour. We were discussing uh, the fair food uh, that is going to be out there this year. Sounds like it's going to be pretty good. Sounds like they're trying to do some things that uh, are healthy foods uh, for you as well. But Most of the foods out at the fair are going to be deep fried. If they're deep fried, uh, not the best for you. But they got several things that that cucumber one, Ralph was talking about that last week, sounded really good to me with the chicken salad in it. Tasted really good, too. And I was talking to the owner of uh, the uh, that made it. 
the the lady who made it, and she said that uh, they, she usually puts almonds in her chicken salad mix, but uh-huh. she didn't do it for the fair because some people do have an allergy to nuts. But, yeah. So it's but it's a really tasty chicken salad. It's a it's fresh gotta be really. I was gonna say it's gotta be really fresh tasting with the cucumber. It, it really is, and it's a it's a healthy alternative to some of the deep fried stuff that's out there at the fair. Of course, you can get a bacon wrapped chicken. <laughs> wing a bacon wrapped hot wing dude that oh that was good huh yeah yeah uh cody cody really enjoyed that he uh he enjoyed that that he thought that was the best tasting one of all of them um uh, aren't they doing something different with uh funnel cakes this year a spicy pumpkin or pumpkin spice funnel cake was it good I didn't try it. That was the one I didn't get to try. I'd like to like to give that a try. I kind of like pumpkin spice. In fact, you know, I like pumpkin pie, but instead of baked pump, pumpkin pie, I'd rather just drink the filling after it's been made to be put into the pie crust. Man, you're making me ill. <laughs> it's good, man. I mean, it tastes just like the pumpkin pie, but you don't have to deal with all that bread. Well, you look, I don't mind the. I, that's the thing I like about the pumpkin pie is is the crust, the, the, the crust at the bottom of the pie. Now, nah, the, the, the crust around the edge I can do without, but the crust at the bottom of the pie that soaks up some of that uh, pumpkin spice, yeah, yeah. that's pretty tasty. Yeah, well, I pass on that. I'll pa- or I don't pass on it typically because I'm eating regular pumpkin pie, but that crust that's at the top that kind of ridged i don't eat that uh but uh, i'd much rather just have the liquid just pour it in a glass and give it to me you I'll, and eggnog i'll do oh i love eggnog too you know that i'll sit here i'll sit on the air and during a four-hour show drink a gallon and a half of that stuff with or without uh either <laughs> since the fcc is listening uh, you know i'm no neither <laughs> uh, yeah that's about it i uh i don't uh, put alcohol in my eggnog when i'm on the air don't do that although i've been known to put a little uh crown black in it uh when i'm at home you know add a little spice to it so to get a little kick for the holiday don't drink enough of it to to have any kind of change in personality but still get my thing going now they had a I, I did have a piece of pizza while i was out there not not now last year you didn't have they, the they introduced pizza, huh? us to bug pizza yeah the scorpions they had the, they had the mealworm pizza and all that. they had the cricket pizza and they had the uh, scorpion pizza which wasn't bad i had two pieces of that two pieces of what scorpion pizza you ate two pieces of scorpion pizza yeah it was pretty good you didn't eat the mealworm pizza uh it was all gone you didn't eat the cricket pizza, and it was all gone. So For whatever they left you reason, with the, people were with the scorpion eating. pizza, and you ate the scorpion. Yes, absolutely. I gave There's it a try. There's nothing wrong with any of those pizzas. Now they they've taken the stinger out and they take the poison out of the scorpions. So yeah. it's not a problem to eat them. No, they had those out there this year, but they had a barbecue rodeo pizza, which was really tasty. It, it's okay. Pulled, I understand it, the barbecue part. Why do they say rodeo? I don't know. I didn't get into asking them about that. <laughs> I just wonder what's mis- mixed in with the barbecue. It was, but it was barbecue sauce, pulled pork, and it was on top of a pizza, That'd a very good. thick 
pizza. That would be good. I can tell you that would be good. There's no doubt that that would be good. Have you had the Indian bread? I have not had Indian bread. I had two different kinds of Indian bread while I was out there today. The same people that bring that make the uh, the uh, uh, strawberry shortcake on a stick yep. also make make the Indian bread. They've got a taco pizza, Indian bread taco pizza. They've also got an Indian bread turtle pizza, which was really good. Turtle the, uh, pizza. The taco pizza's got got a it, it's taco beef with lettuce and tomato on top. And it's a good spice on that taco beef. I'll okay. tell you what, on top of that Indian bread. It woke your mouth up. Is that what you're telling me? What's that? It woke your mouth up. It did. That uh, You know, they, there were some people out there touting spicy stuff, but that was the spiciest that I found out there. Now, last year they had chocolate-covered jalapenos. Yeah, those were good. Yeah, they were good. They didn't have – I didn't see those this year. doesn't mean that they're not going to be out there, yeah. but, you know – we can uh, we can check with Kat tomorrow when she gets in here. She'll yep. know all of those fine and she'll bring stuff. Out there. She always brings stuff. That's what's fun. So we can eat stuff on the air. <laughs> oh man! And that's going to be at four o'clock. That she'll be four, on tomorrow. Four o'clock tomorrow. I've got to yeah. I've got to keep my uh, uh, man. I'm going to be gaining five pounds this week. Yeah, that's the problem with fair food. Yeah, I got to get out and t- and check out the fair this year. I don't know. I might go the night that Rat's going to be there. <laughs> oh, my. One of the hair bands from the 80s. I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, go out and see Rat. That'd see, I'd right. go for Mark Chestnut. Of all the bands that are out there, I would go see Mark Chestnut. Who's the guy from uh, Arkansas that's going to be out there? There's a country western singer that's from Arkansas that's going to be out there, has had a hit and... He's performing. I'd have to see if it's Joe or not, but I'll check and see. I've got the book right in front of me. So let me flip through, and then I'll say names. You tell me yay or nay. Okay, what do we got Maybe Joe Nichols. Well, the first night, you got Charlie Daniels and the Red. Definitely not an Arkansas Express. Then we're going to come back and do P.O.D., Good Definitely Christian not an group. Arkansas boy. Yeah, good Christian group, though. You like those guys. They're good. Joe Nichols. Yes, Arkansas, Arkansas boy. Arkansas boy. So he's playing 8 o'clock on Tuesday with Blaine Howard. And uh, also playing uh, during the week is going to be Rat is going to be there Wednesday night, October 17th. Uh, Stokely, I have no idea who Stokely is, October 18th. Pop Evil will be there October 19th. On Saturday the 20th, it's uh, Mark Chestnut. And that's somebody you like to see. And um, Twista. Twista is going to be there on the closing night, Sunday, October 21st. Don't forget that Sea Lion Splash is going to be there. Wildlife Wendy and her Tropical Birds. The Magician. And the Arkansas Circus Acts are going to be there as well. They're uh, acrobats, stilt walkers, jugglers, and other performers that have you on the edge of your seat with their gravity-defying feats. If you see their high-energy act, you just might want to run away with the circus. So anyway, just that's some things that are going to be going on out there. You know, and of course, you've got all of the... Uh People out there at the uh, at the farm barns. You've oh got yeah, all of all the four H activities. 
You've got all of the uh, Hall of Industry stuff, the, the, the people who have created things. Yeah. I, you know, I, I made a, a sugar-free uh, jalapeno jelly a couple of years back, and I wanted I, I just something about me. I wanted to enter it. You How did you do? Stuff back in August. Oh, to get it in? Yeah. To well, get you it need in to make it again then and get it in. I bet you you'd win something sugar-free jalapeno jelly. That'd be good. Yeah, it was pretty tasty. I mean, if you make some of that, I expect a small jar of it. I I'll like jalapeno that next jelly. Time I make some. I really do. I like jalapeno jelly. That's really I grew good. The jalapenos in my backyard, which was really I know. Cool. I, you brought me some before. Yes. And I don't know what ones you use, but they typically have a little bit of a bite to them. You bite them, they bite back. Dude, uh, yeah, and I grew. Uh, I'll tell you, last year, uh, or maybe it was two years ago, I grew. I grew ghost peppers in the backyard. It may have been two years ago I grew ghost peppers. And you can't garden. grow anything in that ground any longer. Nothing grows there. Yeah, you well, no weeds grow there. <laughs> That's a sad thing when weeds can grow in the garden and nothing else will. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I yeah, I grew I grew ghost peppers in the garden and uh I'll be honest, I, I pulled one off and I took a bite out of it and I looked at my wife and I said, Yep, it's hot. Yeah, well, I didn't have the. I didn't have the ghost peppers. You didn't bring me any of those, but you did bring me well, jalapenos. One the year. next day, I went back and I took another bite out of it and said, "Damn, I'm stupid." <laughs> that was pretty much the uh, same reaction I got out of my wife. Yeah, yeah. If you had to do it twice to know that it was uh, hot, what's that say about you? Let's take a break. Get a break. We'll come back. We'll get ready to start talking about some politics now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, I, well, Eric Holder was running his mouth. Hillary was running her mouth. And these are the people that are saying that the Republicans are not civil in their conversation. Wait till I tell you what they said. Yeah, this, this is amazing. In fact, I'll let you hear what they said on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, the storm surge that they had said was going to be uh, at nearly 12 feet uh, in Panama City. Uh, is not going to make that. They're saying now uh, the highest point of it will be nine feet. I just was watching Fox's coverage, and the uh, mayor of Panama City was on there saying that uh, they missed being uh, you know ground zero for this uh, hurricane by about 12 miles. Uh, if that thing had been about 12 miles more to the west, they'd taken a direct hit. Uh, he said there's some damage, nothing like uh, they thought they might have. He said to the east, uh, they're getting some uh, bigger uh, amounts of damage, but uh, they're now saying that the biggest damage will come inland uh, in Florida and then into Georgia. And you just know North Carolina and South Carolina are just gritting their teeth right now and hoping for the best because they don't need uh, more rain and I'm looking here on the map that I'm seeing where it's talking about rainfalls that they're expecting in these different areas. And uh, where was the map that I had just a moment ago here? I think they said four to seven inches. That's about it. Four to seven inches of rainfall in their area. And the last they need is that kind of rainfall. They're just getting to the point where the rivers were coming down, and now they're going to get whacked with it uh, again. Uh, as far as 
uh, power outages. They're saying inland uh, going from um, uh, the Destin area and Panama City area to the northeast uh, into Valdosta, Macon, uh, Georgia, up into Columbia, uh, in Charleston, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Raleigh, and, Wil- and Wilmington, uh, they're expecting about 2.5 million people uh, to be without power by this time uh, tomorrow. I tell you, and I, I can tell you, Intergy and, uh, and all the rest of the electric companies here in Arkansas, they've sent crews over that way, uh, probably have staged them just outside the area, getting ready for them to go in and help uh, try to restore power as fast as they can. All right, I'm looking. We've got about six minutes. Eric Holder, just the guy we all want to hear from, the former attorney general, uh, was talking about the Republican Party. How is this? We're one, one minute on it? Okay, good. Here's what he had to say about how the Democrats are going to handle Republicans. They have gotten for all the wrong things. They want to keep themselves in power. They want to cater to the special interests. It is time for us as Democrats to be as tough as they are, to be as dedicated as they are, to be as committed as they are. Michelle always says, Michelle Obama, I love her, you know, she and my wife like really tight, um, which always scares me and Barack. But Michelle always says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. No. When they go low, we kick them. That's what what this new Democratic Party is about. We're proud as hell to be Democrats. We're willing to fight for the ideals of the Democratic Party. We're proud of our history. We're proud of our present. And we're proud of the future that we can create for this country. And we're not in this just to make a statement. We're in this to win. Yes. Well, they can only hope on that. They haven't won a presidential election now, uh, except for Obama, since the nineties. So I, I just got they they better win some elections if they want to, you know, be able to kick us when we're down. I like how we're the ones. We're the party of extremists. I mean, I I haven't seen. Hey. Yes. Get out. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, sit down, shut up, you're a man. We don't want to hear from you. You know, we've heard all of this stuff. Unbelievable. Just really unbelievable uh, how they've been talking. I mean, it is the way that they are. See, what they do is they say we're what they are. It's it's called projection in in, uh, scientific lingo. They are projecting themselves onto us we are not like they are you've never seen republicans act the way they did the the democrats uh in in a supreme court uh confirmation hearing you never saw that you've never seen the party pay protesters to show up uh you never seen you know groups pay people to disrupt uh, you haven't seen leftist groups that align with the Democrats out beating up elderly people and uh, the cops afraid to do anything. That happened out in Portland just the other day. 
So when we come back and we talk further about this, because we're going to talk further about it, uh, we're going to hear from Hillary. Hillary says that we have systematically suppressed voters. That is a bald-faced lie. Uh, and I'll tell you, she makes up a number. She just pulls it out of her, her tush and throws the number out there. I'll let you hear what she had to say, as well as what she says the first order of business uh, for the Democrats should be if they control the House. Talk about all of this when we come back. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. News is coming up here in just a few moments. We'll be brought up, I'm sure, on what's going on with the uh, the storm. And uh, they'll be probably talking about uh, what's going on with the Dow Jones. It's almost down 1,000 points today. Correction going on. And uh, we'll have good things for you to hear. We've got the president talking about uh, the GOP senators. Uh, we've got Trump talking about why a vote, what a vote for a Republican is. Mitch McConnell uh, invoking Hillary Clinton's comment, comments about civility. We'll have that as well. We got a bunch of sound for you. We got Joe, and I think I got Robert Steinbach in the final hour. That's all happening yet today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Another poll coming out showing that Republicans are furious and more likely to vote in midterms after the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings. Katie Pavlich from uh, Town Hall uh, had this article. It's been less than 24 hours since Justice Brett Kavanaugh took his rightful seat on the Supreme Court and two weeks since Democrats attempted to derail his nomination with a supercharged smear campaign. Now, remember what Eric Holder just said a moment ago. Here, let's play that one more time for you before I read the rest of this article about uh, the confirmation hearings and how ticked off people are uh, still about it. And remember he said, when Republicans go low, we'll kick them. Or And the, he said, well, Michelle Obama always said, when the Republicans go low, we go high. Well, that would say they haven't gone high at all because they just keep going low. And we know that from that confirmation hearing. Here's what Eric Holder had to say. They have gotten for all the wrong things. They want to keep themselves in power. They want to cater to the special interests. It is time for us as Democrats to be as tough as they are, to be as dedicated as they are, to be as committed as they are. Michelle always says, Michelle Obama, I love her, you know, she and my wife like really tight, um, which always scares me and Barack. But Michelle always says that, you know, when they go low, we go low. No, no. When they go low, we kick hear any more of that that okay you get the the gist of it again projection on eric holder's part brett kavanaugh took the bench when the supreme court and uh, with his new colleagues for the first time yesterday in a jovial atmosphere that was strikingly at odds with the tension and rancor surrounding his high court confirmation the new justice dived into his new job asking a handful of questions in the first arguments of the day following a traditional welcome from Chief Justice John Roberts, who wished Kavanaugh a long and happy career in our, quote, common calling. But according to a new survey, Republican voters are furious about the salacious, unfounded accusations lobbed at Kavanaugh and are more likely to vote in the upcoming midterm elections as a result. 
A new Rasmussen Report National Telephone and Online Survey finds that 54% of all likely U.S. voters say they are more likely to vote in the upcoming midterm elections because of the controversy surrounding President Trump's U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Only 9% say that they are less likely to vote. 34% say the controversy will have no impact on their vote. Further, the Kavanaugh issue has more energy for the GOP than the Democrats. Republicans are madder about the Kavanaugh controversy than Democrats and more determined to vote in the upcoming election because of it. 62% of Republicans are more likely to vote because of the Kavanaugh controversy compared to only 54% of Democrats and 46% of voters not affiliated with either major political party. 62% of all voters are angry about the U.S. Senate's treatment of Kavanaugh, with 42% who are very angry. 56% are angry about how the Senate treated Ford, the woman who accused Kavanaugh of sexual assault, including 35% who are very angry. Other polling shows Republican women are also enraged by the treatment of Kavanaugh and are planning to turn out in November. And the bottom line, as far as women are concerned, 71% uh, of Democrats 83% of Republican women, men, 66% Democrats, 78% uh, for men. So, uh, you know, I I think that McConnell hit something when he said uh, that it was driving uh, and was going to perhaps help uh, the Republican uh, cause. And uh, I I agree with, uh, uh, with that. You know, I've got another article I'll get to in just a second with Ben Shapiro talking about what do we still have in common? And I think that's a, uh, that's an important question uh, to ask. What do we still have in common? Well, I don't have a whole lot in common with uh, Democrats, especially when I'm hearing Hillary say things that she's been saying, which are frank, uh, outright lies. Uh, For instance, she says that Republicans have been systematically suppressing voters. You know what they consider suppression? They consider suppression when we want you to show an ID, you know. Uh, If the Democrats take over. What do you think the Kavanaugh hearings, what kind of impact will they have on the midterms? Because at first the Democrats were quite happy that it might galvanize. Now the Republicans are happy mm-hmm. that it will galvanize their base. What do you think is going to happen? I think that both sides will be galvanized. It's just a question of who actually takes those feelings and shows up to vote. And it always comes down to that. We have more voters who favor Democratic candidates. One of the tragedies of what's happened in our electoral system is the Republicans have yes, systematically suppressed voters probably as many, Christian, as 12 million voters were purged by Republican governments in states between 2012 and 2016. We have all kinds of questions about the security of our uh, voting machines. Uh, So we know that Democrats have to turn out in even bigger numbers in a lot of congressional districts and states to be successful because they're being, you know, pushed back 
by a headwind that is trying to prevent them or discourage them from voting. But if Democrats, and I, I not only include Democrats, I include Republicans who are worried about the direction of this administration, independents who want to see more accountability, if they show up, we should win. Wow. When she says systematically we have been suppressing the Democrat vote, I when's the last time you saw any group like uh, the black new Black Panther standing in front of uh, voting booths turning away voters from it that are evidently conservative, conservative or Republican? I don't remember any of that ever happening. Happening, uh, they consider it being suppression if we want and pass voter ID laws in states and then we're able to keep them on the ballot uh, and keep them uh, uh, enforced because the democratically controlled judiciary uh, keeps striking them down. I mean, if if you've got to show an ID to buy beer, if you got to show an ID to get on a plane, uh, if you got to show an ID for a whole lot of other things that you know you have to show IDs for, it only makes sense that one of the most important civic things that you can do and one of the most civic duties that you have to vote, uh, you should be showing ID so that somebody doesn't take away my vote and uh, you know make me lose my say in my government because there's people out there voting more than once, or there's people that are out there voting that shouldn't be voting at all. Clinton went on and talked about what the first order of business should be, as she likes to say, when we win the House. Is the president going to get impeached? If the Democrats win, will they impeach him? The minority leader, Nancy Pelosi, told me last month that that was not her goal, to go for impeachment. What do you think? Well, what I think is there are many ways for a Congress to hold a president accountable. Some of them, frankly, should have been exercised by the Republican majorities in both the House and the Senate. The investigation into Russia's interference in our election. Uh, The Senate uh, Intelligence Committee has tried to work in a bipartisan way. The House Intelligence Committee has been uh, turned into a circus. So a really focused, uh, deliberative effort to not only look at what this administration has done, and that's in every area, whether it's in how they're regulating or deregulating uh, the economy or the tax cut, the ballooning of the deficit and the debt, what they're doing to the environment, education. There is so much to be concerned about. So the first order of business for a Democratic House and Senate should be to get back to regular order and try to impose discipline and accountability on this administration. The question about impeachment, you know, that will be left to others to decide. I want to stop the degrading of the rule of law, the delegitimizing of elections. One of their priorities should be, let's protect our elections. Let's make sure that uh, we have electoral security. Let's end the suppression of voters. So there is a big agenda uh, if the Democrats take over. Uh, please go away. <laughs> I, I, I pray that she will go away. She Did she drives, say if or when? What? Did she say if or when? When? When she's sure they're going to win the house, the Democrats are completely, you know, obsessed with that. Uh, the last things that I saw from uh, Silver uh, was that 
he gave them about a 75% chance. Now, he, along with a lot of the other pollsters, all missed out on Trump. They missed out on us uh, taking the Senate in 2014 as well. So since they're they're not predicting a a big uh, blue wave like uh, like the Democrats are, they say it's not going to happen. You want to know what scares me about this, Dave? What's that? That all this talk of this supposed wave and it's not going to happen because the Republicans are not going to go out and vote because they feel confident that the Democrats are not going to go out and vote either. Yeah, we're going to go out and vote. That's the thing. That's why I was talking about that story earlier about Republicans are so pissed off about the confirmation hearings with Kavanaugh that they're definitely going to go out to vote to make sure it keeps going. I mean, it really scares me that they might just get a little complacent on Election Day. Yeah, I don't think they will. And more and more independents are leaning to the right now. After they've seen a lot of the things that at uh, the the Democrats are doing, uh, when you're hearing all of their socialist rhetoric and everything else, you know, they're uh, they're rolling the dice on playing to the left. I don't think it's going to work for them. I think we'll see that before it's over with. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more as we continue to go and look at this. Uh, today in the show it's dave ellswick show 101.1 fm the answer in uh, fox news they're talking to the mayor of one of the towns along the uh the coast there and they said how what was the percentage of people who evacuated he said about 42 percent and uh up at uh panama uh beach panama city beach uh, bottom line was they were about 50-50, and all the mayors uh, that I've heard have said that they have had no calls for emergency help, which uh, tells me that the people who stayed behind made great preparations, evidently, and are doing uh, doing well. Mitch McConnell went after Hillary Clinton's comments about civility uh, to talk about the unhinged tactics of the left, cut number 10. Yesterday I was pleased <clears throat> to attend the ceremonial swearing-in for the newest member of our Supreme Court, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Justice Kavanaugh's remarks yesterday affirmed yet again what his record and his testimony clearly told us. He'll be a thoughtful, fair-minded justice who's committed to applying our laws and our Constitution as they're actually written. His confirmation last week was a victory for the very same principles of fairness and justice that we can now count on with him, along with his fellow justices, to uphold. So, Mr. President, Saturday's vote was also a victory for the Senate, for this institution, and for the integrity of this institution. Reason and deliberation triumphed over what was literally, literally, an attempt to sway the Senate using mob tactics. I wish this were an exaggeration, but it isn't. While many came to Washington peacefully to share their stories, the loudest voices proved to be those of the politically motivated far left. The same far left special interests that had pledged total opposition 
to any Supreme Court nominee before the ink was even dry on Justice Kennedy's retirement. They pulled out all the stops. They did everything they could. When it became clear Justice Kavanaugh's nomination would not be stopped on the merits, well, as we know, that was only the beginning. Far-left activists decided that the United States Senate and their members should be harassed and intimidated wherever they might be, in a restaurant, with family, getting out of their own car, or in their own homes. Anything went. When they did not get their way, when these tactics failed to sway us, they just turned up the anger even more. Protesters disregarded the men and women of the Capitol Police, trampled barricades, stormed the steps of the Capitol and the Supreme Court, climbed on statues, and tried to literally shout down senators right in the middle of the roll call vote here in the Senate. When the dust settled, literally hundreds of arrests had been made. Extraordinary security measures were required to protect the Senate, the Supreme Court, as well as the Kavanaugh family. And members of this body and Senate staff have received threats of violence and murder. After all that, I'm afraid the far left had only succeeded in only one thing. They made it even more difficult for the vast majority of Americans to take them seriously. They made it difficult for most Americans to take these people seriously. But the madness hasn't stopped. They're already signaling that even more drastic steps may be necessary now that Justice Kavanaugh is on the court. Some left-wing publications are already trying to lay the groundwork for, you guessed it, literally packing the court with more justices. That's right. The far left has gone scrounging through the ash heap of American history, and they're banding about that discredited fantasy from back in the 1930s. In the meantime, while the groundwork is laid for that scheme, one far left pressure group is already trying to circulate petitions that Judge Justice Kavanaugh should be impeached. Justice Kavanaugh should be impeached. The mob would like to make itself perfectly clear, Mr. President, if Democrats retake Congress, quote, progressives expect them to use their full power to get Kavanaugh off the bench. So it's pretty obvious the all-consuming animosity toward this nominee, independent of all the facts and all the evidence, still being stoked. The far-left mob is not letting up. Earlier today, former Secretary of State Clinton sent this signal as clear as today. This is Secretary Clinton. She told CNN exactly how she views millions of Americans who hold different political views from her own. Here's what she said. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for. If we're fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. No peace until they get their way. More of these unhinged tactics. Apparently this is the left's rallying cry. 
But fortunately, the American people know that the fact-free politics of hate, fear, and intimidation are not how we actually govern in our democratic republic. The Senate and the nation will not be intimidated. There you go. Great uh, speech by Mitch McConnell. And he's exactly right. You know, until they're back in power, these are the tactics we have to be ready for. I mean, this is uh, this is like another Russian revolution going on. Another uh, French revolution going on. Uh, it's uh, it's happening in our own country now. And uh, it's uh, it's kind of a scary time uh, for all of us. When we come back, uh, Yuri McConnell used the word mob. Uh, when they've talked about Cruz and his wife being out to dinner uh, last week and the people uh, attacking them at a restaurant, they were called a mob. Wait till you hear what the left says about what really is a mob. All right, we continue on the Dave Ellswick Show. And there's a reason I brought up this whole thing about mob. Because suddenly the left is saying that what happened to Cruz, that was no mob. Uh, what happened at the, the Senate uh, on uh, the Saturday that the vote was taken, and uh, that was no mob. And what happened at the Supreme Court while Kavanaugh was uh, be, being given the oath by uh, former uh, Justice Kennedy, where they were literally scratching at the doors trying to get into uh, the back chamber, that wasn't a mob. Listen to this. Don Lemon of CNN taking on Matt Lewis, and they got into literally a shouting match about these definitions of uh, mobs. Touch on what is the, the latest way to undermine anyone who opposes him. Watch, watch mm-hmm. this. You don't hand matches to an arsonist. And you don't give power to an angry left-wing mob, and that's what the Democrats have become. They would turn our country so fast into Venezuela, and Venezuela is not doing too well, folks. So uh, we are hearing that time and time again. Uh, who was he talking about? Well... I guess what he was talking about is the women who are very angry and express their anger, I think, <laughs> quite adamantly during the Kavanaugh hearings because they were women who had gone through the trauma and the tragedy of being sexually assaulted uh, at some point or maybe several times during their lifetime. And they were trying to tell their stories to Republican men who did nothing but either run away from them or completely make fun of them, treat them disrespectfully, and in a manner that just dripped of disdain and denigration. And so, for me, the more that he talks about an angry mob and the more that women understand that he's talking about them and complaining about them when they were trying to tell their Mm -hmm. stories, the better it is, not just for Democrats, but for independents and and those, frankly, moderate Republican suburban women who don't like what this country has become under Trump and And Republicans who have wrapped themselves around him. Alice, Alice, before you answer, I want you to keep that passion, but your party won. 
right? They have the White House, they've got the Congress, they have two handpicked justices in the last year. People who don't agree with it are exercising one of their options, which is protest. Is calling them a mob, is that a bit much? No, not when you see what they've been doing. Look, uh, I don't think you need to tell me that we won. You need to tell those people out there that are banging on the doors of the Supreme Court and chasing uh, senators out of public restaurants and yelling at uh, senators uh, in in elevators. Look, the Republicans won. They knew that that meant that the president would have the opportunity to appoint one, possibly two uh, nominees to be confirmed on the Supreme Court. And they should a- actually acknowledge that. If they spent more time handing out voter registration forms across the country, they'd be much more effective. Oh, than that's they happening. With their current <laughs> tactics. Yeah, but that Alice, that doesn't mean happening. that people don't. I mean, honestly, that doesn't mean that people don't get to object. I mean, that's your right, right. as an American to object. It's sure. covered. It's covered in the First Amendment. It's like the yep. first one. Yep. Sure, they petition certainly your can. government. Sure, they certainly can do that. But but what he's saying, and and we're seeing it across the country, going to a restaurant and, and screaming at an elected official in a public restaurant. And they did the same to Sarah Sanders. They've done the same to Kirsten Nielsen. They've done it to many members of this administration because they object with the policies of, of this president and what what the elected officials were elected to do. That's not how you go about doing but it. But that's you not do what it. he's talking about. That's a good talking about. Imagine what would happen. Let's just put turn this around. Um, Hillary Clinton wins, and she names Supreme Court. Uh, nominees. Republicans are upset. Uh, Imagine if there was a a Democratic senator and his wife at a restaurant and the alt-right, you know, Richard Spencer's crew comes rolling in, uh, yelling at them, berating them, trying to shame them, and they end up having to leave a restaurant. Matt, 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 Matt. Uh, You had me me until you you, said, hold on, Matt, Matt, Matt. Don't call that a mob. Those are protesters. Alt-right. Until you said alt-right, you had me. Okay, what if it, say Tea Party? <laughs> what? Let's, let's, forget the alt-right. It's Tea Party. Let's say Tea Party uh, protesters. Okay, that is a go better to a example than, and, uh, than the other one would, you gave. Would we, be, would we be wringing our hands and, and clutching our pearls and saying, we can't call that a, you know, a mob? Those are protesters. No, that is mob behavior. How many times Matt, that look, oh, Everybody stop, everybody That's stop. Matt, we already did that. We yeah. already said they weren't mobs. We already they said that. Mobs. No, no, no. We already said that the Tea Party people. We went through this. In case no, you don't because remember, the Tea Party people didn't hound people. The Tea out Party of didn't hound people. The Tea Party people hounded me when I went out to cover them. And you know <laughs> what I that, said? It was their right to do it because they're Americans. Don, if they started following you around to restaurants and running you out of places okay. and and. I would say they're wrong because I'm not an elected official. Look, I it would be a mob. I'm not an elected official. If I put my name on a ballot. And I want journalists on. This is going to happen. Journalists are not public officials. They're not following us around everywhere we go. They're not public servants. I think there is a small element of truth on both. Trump isn't just talking about those people. I think there is a small element of truth on both sides here, which is that there is incivility on both sides of the political spectrum. And I deplore activists who are hounding public officials in restaurants. I think that's wrong. It backfires. It feeds into the victimization narrative that Trump tries to put out there. It's counterproductive. But on the other hand, 
Donald Trump is in no position to complain about mob rule when he is speaking tonight in front of an actual mob and they are chanting, lock her up, about Senator Dianne Feinstein. He is in no position to talk about mob rule when he incites his followers at these rallies such that members of the media who are there often feel threatened. And in fact, during the campaign in 2016, there was actual violence at the Trump rallies. Okay, that is mob rule as much as anything else, yeah. I think we all need to calm yeah, down, I, take I a step agree, back, and, and, and try and to when you I think we should be Let me finish. We, on both sides, we need greater civility. And Donald Trump is not showing that kind of civility when he accuses Democrats, for example, of being traitors who are going to turn this country into Venezuela. That is not reasonable, civilized discourse. And so, yes, there, you can complain about the tactics of some progressive activists, but you've got to be fair and talk about the tactics of the right and of Donald Trump as well, and they are deplorable. Right. And, and, and let, 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 let Matt get in. Matt, go ahead. Nobody's condoning when people chase senators into center-right journalists and liberal activists is, I will admit that it's wrong for Donald, that it is a mob behavior, it is a mob mentality when Donald Trump and the people say, lock her up. I'm willing to admit that. I'm waiting for liberals and, you know, intellectually honest liberals to admit that when you harass Ted Cruz at a restaurant, that is also mob-like behavior. Why is it that I'm willing to concede that Donald Trump is a bad person and that that's mob behavior, but I never hear liberals come on or center-left journalists. I, I, I am about, come on I am about to say, I am about to say that that kind of behavior following senators or any other elected official into a restaurant when they're with their family, I don't agree with that. I do is not condone that. I, I is think, it mob behavior? Is it mob behavior? I don't know. Like how many were there? I, I, I don't even oh, know. Let's show the I, video, I John. You got some B-roll. How many were there? Let's show the here, no, okay, thing. listen, I gotta go. I gotta get to the break. I gotta get to the break. I'm gonna answer your point. Hey, both of you, please stop. Okay, I've gotta get to the break. I will answer your question that you asked her. Is it mob behavior? No, it's not mob behavior. Yes, it it's is. people who are no, upset and they're angry not. with the way the the way the country is going and the policies oh, that these so people Will you let me finish, Matt, please, before you jump in? Okay? I'm making a point. I can't make it if you keep interrupting me. No, but you no, but you're you're making a point. Are, are you the moderator or the host or are you arguing a liberal I'm, I'm oh. the moderator and the host of this oh show my. and I'm trying now to make a like point a to tell you that now you're giving mob rule. I'm telling you're you why people are saying it's not a mob. Look up the word mob in the dictionary. Matt, it's by definition. You mob should behavior. look up the word mob in the dictionary and you should also as a Republican look at the constitution I'm not a Republican. and look at the or whatever it is you are. Whatever it is you are, look at at the Constitution of the United States, and it gives people the right to protest. Yeah, and and that it doesn't say where Especially you can protest like and how you can no, protest and to what. Will Nobody you let me saying. finish, Matt? Please let if me I, finish. Fine. Okay. Bring it on. Okay. Do you mind if I have a drink? So you, you can do whatever you want. You can leave the show if you want, but let me finish. I'm not I will make do my that. point. Okay. Well, then shut up and let me do it. All right. Please. Thank you very much. In the Constitution, you can protest whenever and wherever you want. It doesn't tell you that yes. you can't do it at a restaurant. It doesn't tell you that you can't do it on a football field. It doesn't tell you that you can't do it uh, on a cable news show. You can do it wherever you want. And to call people mobs because they are exercising their constitutional right is just beyond the pale. We'll be right back. If conservatives did it, you'd call them. Boy, eh. Don Lemon, yeah. 
It's not a mob if it's a bunch of Antifa people or leftists. No, absolutely not. But if it's, uh, you know, some Tea Party people, Tea Party never went into restaurants and went nuts on elected officials uh, in groups and and did those things. Uh, in fact, Don Lemon is the guy who was calling Tea Party people racist all the time uh, back when the movement was born. You know, he said they went after him and uh, challenged him uh, when they when he was out covering the march uh, that they were racist. Never said they said anything racist to him, but because they challenged him, that immediately made them racist. Let's get a break. We're going to come back. Uh, Melania had an uh, uh, interview with ABC. It's going to air on Friday. I'm sure she's going to make some of the Me Too people angry, but I want you to hear what she had to say about the Me Too, hashtag Me Too movement. We'll get to that when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, continuing, finishing up uh, this hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, it, it just we've got uh, this sound that I want to play for you real quickly uh, of this interview with Trump's wife uh, that will air on ABC. And, and she's talking about the sexual assault claims, hashtag Me Too. And uh, here's what she had to say. Cut 13. ABC's exclusive interview with the First Lady, Chief National Affairs Correspondent Tom Yamas, traveled with Melania Trump on her first solo trip to Africa. And in a wide-ranging interview, she addressed several sensitive topics, including the Me Too movement. What is your take about the Me Too movement, though? Do you believe in them? Do you support the Me Too movement? Uh, I support the women, and they need to be heard. We need to support them, and, you know, also men, not just women. Do you think men in the, in the news that have been accused of, of sexual assault, sexual harassment, have been treated unfairly? We need to have a really hard evidence that, you know, that if you're accused of something, show the evidence. Some women might hear that and say, how could you say that, Mrs. Trump? You, you need to stand with women. What would you say? I do stand with women, but we need to... We need to show the evidence. You cannot just say to somebody, I was, you know, sexually assaulted and, or you did that to me, or because sometimes the media goes too far and um, the way they portray some stories, it's, it's not correct. It's not right. Yeah, there, there, there's Melania. You have to have hard evidence. And I agree with what she's saying. Yeah, we'll hear anybody who has uh, something to say, but to to find somebody guilty of something, you got to have hard evidence. You got to be able to prove something be, beyond a shadow of a doubt. To be honest, I you know in the workplace, I haven't had a, a problem anywhere I've been that women weren't heard. HR departments are very uh, aggressive in uh, asking the, the workforce to come forth if they think they've been, you know, sexually harassed or whatever. And it's not just for women, it's for men as well. Men have felt that way. I mean, we've got to, we, and I'm going to talk about it later, uh, 
either this week or next. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, a harassment uh, suit going on over in the Conway area. So I want to I want to talk, uh, you know, talk about that. And one of the people who was saying that they're sexually harassed and evidently there's a lot of evidence behind it uh, was a man. There was a, a female that was uh, the, the head of a department that was uh, harassing people, harassing males. Haven't heard about it, have you? It's because it's, uh, you know, some people over there in the Democrat Party, because Democrats control Conway, have done everything uh, like uh, like a cat does when it goes to the litter box. They've been covering it up as much as they can. So uh, we'll talk about that next week. Start passing that amongst your friends over there in, in Conway. Bet you there's a lot of people that are suddenly going to perk up their ears and go, uh-oh, Ellswick found out something. Yeah, I did. And I'm going to bring it to the people of Conway. They need to hear about it. They need to know about it. Shouldn't be, uh, you know, shouldn't be covered up. Uh, if you're harassing somebody, there's laws against that. But you got to have facts. You've got to have proof. You can't just go out and come up and say, well, here's the problem. We've got this problem. Uh, and then say, well, fire that person because somebody said something. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. I know the EEOC has gotten involved in this one. When the feds get involved, there's fire somewhere. And uh, we'll talk about it uh, here in the in the very uh, near future. We'll get to it and, and bring it to you. But that's the whole problem I've got with this, uh, you know, Me Too movement stuff. Uh, it's not that we're not just supposed to hear these women. They're to be believed completely without any kind of, you know, collaboration of what happened to them. That is not the way jurisprudence works. That's not the way you start firing people for that. You're going to have you're going to have double <laughs> the double the lawsuits that you have right now because people are going to be suing you for uh, you know being let go for false reasons. Yeah, I'm all about hearing what people have to say for them to be able to report what they believe is wrongdoings, but it's got to be more than just. You know, she says, he says, or he says, and she says. Just not the way it should be. Coming up in the next hour, Joe's going to be here. And uh, sitting across from me, I've got the man from Mid-State Transmission. He'll be joining us today, too, evidently. Is that, is that right, sir? Yes, that's right. All right, cool. we got the transmission man here. and Harry Henry, he'll be ready to talk to you as well. The phone lines will be open, 823-0965. If you're right. Uh, having strange things happening with your uh, car you think it's uh, the transmission you can probably ask him some questions about that Ooh. yeah absolutely i gary comes in people got transmission questions i'm cool with that i know he can answer them no well, no problem just like duck he's the duck of transmissions you know D- duck is the uh, uh the 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 god with a small g of uh diesel Guru of diesels. Yeah. Guru of transmissions. Right over here to the right. Joe is like the guru of everything. <laughs> he, he can answer any questions. Uh, he'll be here to take your questions when we get back. Right now, though, we got news coming your way. We'll be back to take uh, uh, Joe in here and, and Gary here and let them talk about uh, what's going on in the wonderful world of cars. 
I'll be back. I'll move away from politics for a few moments. We're going to talk about Medicare for all, by the way, in the final hour. I'm hoping that Robert Steinbach will be here as well. It's not feasible. It's trillions of dollars to do it. We don't have trillions of dollars to pay for it. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. More coming up in a moment. Well, they're uh, talking about Hurricane Michael on uh, Fox right now. Got some uh, flooding going on right there by the Gulf. Uh, looks like the the surge came in, and it's down the road from uh, Panama City. Uh, I was wa- been watching it all day today, and looks like it has uh, Michael has moved on now, and has moved into the interior of the state of Florida. Looks like the rain has let up some. The winds have definitely died down, and uh, but the flooding is there. So there's going to be billions of dollars of damage know that gary henry and the other thing that's going to be interesting about this is that since it was the stronger the strongest hurricane to hit the mainland since 1969 do you know that since six, I, I didn't know that yeah since 1969 strongest hurricane to hit the come on in mainland in 69 strongest ever to hit florida because it was a, a, a Category 4 when it made landfall, had 155-mile-an-hour winds. Uh, they were talking, They were uh, now they're saying the sustained winds in, in some of the areas is down to 125 miles an hour. I'm looking at it. I don't buy it. Uh, I've been look, watching uh, some other websites and stuff, and they said that they're down to sustained webs, uh, winds of about 60 miles an hour and gusts sometimes are getting up close to 100 miles an hour 125 sounds better though dave if you're reporting it, it does it does it's, it's like it's like shooting pictures of a of a fight if somebody's bleeding it's always better than if they're not absolutely you know it, there's the, the old adage if it bleeds it leads that's the way news used to be still is in a lot of cases you know i bet you any money that the Big, big, big story up in New York wasn't uh, uh, the hurricane. It was that uh, limo that crashed and killed 18 people. Because it hadn't been taken care of, apparently. Yeah, hadn't been taken care of, didn't have license to be even in business. Right. The owner, he's been arrested, by the way, and rightly so, should have been. It's a, I, I, I want to find out what was wrong with the, uh, with the car. They'll do you know, an investigation because they said there were no uh, signs that they even applied the brakes when they were going through that intersection. So evidently they hit that intersection at over 60 miles an hour and ran into the back of a car, of an SUV from what I understand, and never applied the brakes. Either there wasn't any or yeah, just that's that, my that's my question. Did he go? That, did he put the brakes on and nothing happened? You know, which is possible, but that doesn't happen every day. No, I I yeah. agree. But if the car was not being taken care of, it's very possible it's something true. like that could happen. It is. You know, it it just I guess what amazed me is I've look I've seen people be in in automobile crash automobile crashes head on at 60 miles an hour and people walk away from it yes you know a, a, a stationary car you're doing 60 you hit it and 18 people die that's wild as well that's and, really and it came apart that car came apart 
Well, the way they cut them in two and they stretch them. Yeah, so I'm wondering if they didn't do that right. Right. You know? You know? Depending on what it was built out of to start with, I hadn't really kept up with it. You know, but maybe in a unibody. But on watching them build them things, to normally put a frame underneath them because you take fifteen people, eighteen people, and put in the middle of one of them cars. That's a lot of weight. It's got to support. Yeah, you'd be throwing sparks up probably. Absolutely, a frame underneath. Absolutely. So, I guess you know it's a matter of waiting for the investigation to get done, and it's amazing how they can reconstruct all that stuff. Well, they're looking just they're gonna step on the brakes themselves. Gee, there's nothing there. Did something just fail? Break? Master cylinder blow out? Or you know something just broke? Might have sprung a leak? You know. So if there was no indication, it had catastrophic failure because you know he stopped it sometime so something give up all at once or he just never hit the brakes yeah it makes me wonder did the, was the guy not paying attention had he not had enough sleep he wasn't awake uh was he on drugs you know yeah. all kinds of things yeah, anything mind did the clients have him distracted the people in there that's you possible that's anything like that's possible evidently it sounds to me that no one had a seat belt on well i've been in one and don't ever care to ride another one but Generally speaking, all the back there, I don't think it's uncommon for people to wear seatbelts in them. They're normally partying. Right. In the back. So I'm just thinking, I guess they hit, law of physics took over, and the people who were in the back and weren't some way, uh, you know, hooked down, uh, physics took over, and they continued to travel at 60 miles an hour until they hit something. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, they were stopped. It's a sudden stop that that kills you right you know so that's uh, gonna be it's, yeah i'm you know i'm i haven't talked about it much i want to see what the what the results of the what investigation they come up with. is yeah absolutely you know i mean you you can say that the guy uh didn't have a license and everything but that's not what killed everybody no and you know too till the investigation's done we can speculate but we don't know that it was his fault or did something it's a machine did it just mechanically fail it's a sad thing if that's what happened, but you know it's is what it is. Some days could could the accelerator, you know, like those like Toyota, like the Toyota, had that Toyota stuff was did doing. It, did all of a sudden it, it take you, know, you off on its own? It, it, once again, I don't know what kind of car it was. So I don't know I if don't that's either. possible, but it's possible. Gee, or if the master cylinder broke, blew out hit the brake pedal nothing's going to happen it's not going to push any fluid anywhere so he's not going to stop he's just going to keep going and what do you do when that happens you don't reach up and turn the car off no. uh, that's what well, you should do well here's what i know when when something like that happens you're going to panic and you're not going to think like you and i do sitting here that's right i've been in a situation where you panic and you just don't think so it's easy for us to judge and say well i would have just done this or i would have turned the steering wheel yeah when you're in your right mind that's right but when something like that happens you're you're not you're just not there so it's it can be difficult here's what you do typically if your brake pedal goes down to the floor you start pushing on it harder you start pumping at it where's my brakes and in those few seconds you can you just made a maybe a fatal error. Absolutely, you know. Is could he have turned, avoided it at that speed, just shoving it up into park? The parking pole would not engage, so shoving it in park wouldn't have do, done any good. Turning the key off's not going to do any good, you know. But the only thing, you know, is 
And it'd be difficult to throw a limo sideways to oh. stop. That'd be difficult. Yeah. I, I think it would be. I anyway. think you can do that more in the movies in the than movies. you can in real life. You know, but you throw 18 people back there at just the average of 150 pounds, that's going to add up real fast. That's yeah. a lot of weight to sling around. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the centrifugal force would be the g's that you would be taking it how much you would weigh at that moment but right. you'd weigh a lot yeah you would you know and it's i'm like you i've i've wondered how just running into the back of a parked automobile which isn't solid like a tree on yeah. the side of the road how does that wipe out 18 people i don't know but i hate it for them yeah i do too i mean i, just but I don't not, i don't know how that happened yeah and i mean there was pieces strewn everywhere in uh, the pictures and video that I saw of it, okay. that, that car was all over the place. So just tore apart. Yeah, yeah. Tin can. Yeah. People were thrown off out of the car. I'm sure a lot of them, you know, you know, became projectiles at 60 miles an hour, and then whatever they hit, I'm sure it didn't move. It was probably solid. Yeah, and no. that's not a good way to. It's not a good way to end your life. I can tell you that one. Yeah, there's way. Not that I've got a – there's a good way, but yeah. I wouldn't want to go that way. Yeah, I'd much rather lay down and go to sleep and wake up on the other side. Exactly. <laughs> That's just the way I want to. All right, so let's talk about transmissions. You're, you're the transmission guru. Whenever I talk about transmissions with Joe or Duck or on Saturdays, we got the, the guys in for the car and truck doctors. When somebody asks about a transmission – uh, a lot of the guys in the bumper to bumper certified service centers do not work on transmissions. We always, uh, I don't know if your ears burn or not, but we are always bringing your name up and sending them your way. And I appreciate that. Well, I, <laughs> For I mean, me, we know you, you know you know what's wrong. I mean, I probably can say, "Hey, my car." I was telling you the other day that I probably was going to go over and see uh, my buddy over at Sunny's Auto uh salvage rd and 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 get a transmission for my acadia and get a three-year parts and labor unlimited mileage warranty on it uh and you said well what's wrong and i i said when you go up a hill uh when you're about 60 miles an hour i get a kind of a a shake in the car and then it stops right then it stops and you name you told me exactly what it was and you said yeah just keep driving it, Dave. Just keep on. Because if, if we fix that, you're going to open yourself up to a plethora of other problems. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so sometimes just, you know, just you don't, I don't like to put Band-Aids on them. Band-Aids right, right. makes everybody unhappy. And the end result is customer spends too much money and they're not happy. They're mad at you when all I've done is tried to help. So I've learned over the years, don't Band-Aid stuff together. Uh, just doesn't Here's work what it out. takes to fix it. That's right. Let's fix it the correct way. Yeah. You know, that way if something happens, well, it's easy on the customer. All they, Well, let me take care of that, you know. So that's what I like to do is, is at least have the opportunity to fix it correctly. All right. We'll come back, talk with Gary Henry. Mid-State Transmission is the name of his shop. He's in Benton. Uh, I'll give you the exact address. I'll give you some phone numbers. I'll even give you a website when we come back. And we talk further with him. If you've got questions, if you wonder if you've got a transmission problem, 823-0965 is the number to call, 823-0965.
Don't forget about oil. Oil uh, services are done at the bumper-to-bumper certified service centers. They'll be happy to make sure that not only do you get new oil and a new uh, filter, but you're also going to get a check from all these guys. They're going to look at all your your fluids while the car is up on the, the rack. Uh, the, the technician's going to walk around underneath of it and, and look and make sure you know, the shocks look good. Do the brakes look good? You guys really do do a, a lot of checking, don't you? We do a lot of checking. Don't want the customer getting oil change and getting down the road and hearing, still hearing a noise or something, you know. So we try to check a lot of things for the customer's benefit, and it's how we all make a living. If a man, customer needs something, we want to certainly offer to provide that for them. And all right. We'll come back. We'll talk more. Gary Henry is our guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 23 minutes uh, after 4, Mid-State Transmission and Auto Repair is located at 5575 Sleepy Village Road in Benton. Uh, Gary Henry is the owner, CEO, and main bottle washer. His number, 501-315-9100. And his website is Mid-State Transmission, one word, midstatetransmission.com. Got a call for you, Gary. Let's go talk to Bill. Bill's in Little Rock. Got a uh, what is, what is it? 1980 GMC. What's up, uh, Bill? What's up? Hey, I got a question for you, Gary. And uh, this was a, a truck I've held on to for years. I'd purchased it for my dad before he passed on. And I was real good for a while starting it about once a month and uh, moving it around. It sets out in a field. But I got a little uh, behind on starting it. Make a long story short, it got to where it would back up perfect, but didn't want to go into any of the forward gears uh, without, you know, really revving up the engine a lot. And you'd sometimes hear some metal is what I call the sound. It's got now to where when you uh, start it up, the engine fires up, you know, good. But uh, the moment you put it in gear, it dies. And I, I'm not sure I want to put that much uh, power on it before i put it into gear <laughs> any suggestions well something like that can be a couple of different things if it don't want to go forward but it goes backwards the seals in it are probably hard so you're probably looking at the minimum minimum looking to purchase a transmission get it rebuilt um, if it dies when you put it in gear we got a couple of things going on either the transmission itself the converter is locked up something of that nature or i know it starts up just fine but we could have an engine issue and when we increase the load on the engine putting it in gear um, that could be enough to make the engine chug and die but you know i could i can tell by looking and feeling of it myself but that's as good as i can do just by the description but pretty confident the transmission is going to be bad just due to the old age the nature of these transmissions back in the 80s it is what it is so i hate to give you that kind of news and but yeah i didn't know if i if you'd suggest putting one of these um additives in the transmission or not i was thinking maybe that'd free up something if it, not you know. not normally i'm not a big additive fan all the additives they sell is kind of like pouring brake fluid in the transmission it softens up the rubber uh and it swells it up uh and so it, that's normally a get me home fix it's not going to be something that's going to make the truck dependable not even right. to the dump you know to, on saturdays so right. yeah, I, was, I was afraid it wasn't going to be a good prognosis but i appreciate your time well, gary well if we can help you let us know 
sure will. Y'all have a good day. You too. All right, Bill. Thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Wish it could have been better news. Wish it could be, but we know we get some truck with that kind of age to it. It sits. I don't, it's not the sitting that really kills it. It's just, you know, the truck had a life before it began to sit. Yeah. You know, those old three-speed transmissions that they run hotter than the modern stuff does, they didn't last 150,000 miles like the stuff today does. And so that's what happened to them. The forward clutches, that's they, they, they go bad. They, they develop leaks. All them old transmissions seem to leak. Real easy for somebody to run at lower fluid and burn the forward clutches out of them. What I thought was interesting is when he first got it, evidently he was starting it up on a regular basis and he said i got a little bit behind on that i wonder how far behind well that happens i'd i'd left a truck of mine at my other house for my dad to have a spare vehicle and i instructed him i'm like you start this truck up and run it around the yard drive it to the river try to drive my truck once a week and he didn't do it so the truck could (laughs) sit there and sit there and sit there and when i've got the truck you know, of course, the fuel pump was bad. The gas had went bad. The inside the fuel tank had deteriorated. Oh, wow. So it just kind of turned into a catastrophe from there. Yeah. It pretty much ruined the truck. Not not uh, worth fixing. Not worth fixing. I ended up selling the truck for almost nothing. Now, just because I didn't feel like it was worth investing the money in. Yeah, somebody else might want to. Maybe it's the kind of truck that they like. <laughs> well, really I like. sold it to one of my employees, and they fixed it and spent their time doing it, and they did some trades. It worked out for them. Tinkering around with it. Exactly. Gave them something to do in their off time, maybe. Right. Huh? That's what they did. can understand that. Understand that. That's what you technicians do a lot of time. I think you told me you had like three three cars sitting at home that you kind of spend time working on. Uh, Not anymore? No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you used to race. That was I used to, but if you're going to race, you kind of got to have a group of buddies to come help you, and it's got to be fun for everybody because gee you get off work at five o'clock you're tired time you eat dinner it, it's pretty tough to do by yourself yeah i'm just i've had another one of them days last saturday so it you know as i'm getting older it's it's way tougher it's not as easy as it was just 10 years ago well i could have told you that yes <laughs> Well, when you're young, you I'm don't 65 really. Five now, you don't I don't think, want to do nothing myself. <laughs> no, you don't think about it when you're young. Other than that's not going to be me. Yeah. I'm going to be able to do this forever. Mm-hmm. And even me, it's like I can tell age is going to take some out of me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you get tired easier. Yes. I mean, you get physical, you tire out. It's just hate to tell you, young bucks out there, happens to the best of us. Yes, and you sit there and say it's not going to happen to me. I, got, I was saying that 10 years ago. Absolutely. Now I am there, and it has happened to me. That's what happens. Me and my buddies talk about that, you know, and we're, we're not that old, but it's coming. Now we can see what's on the way. All right, let's take a break. Halfway through this hour, let's find out what's happening with the news. We'll do that, then we'll come back, talk more with Gary Henry, and take your calls. All right, back with you. We're into the final 25 minutes. You got a question uh, for Gary Henry, who is here today. He's from Mid-State Transmission from over in Benton, uh, especially if you got questions about transmissions. Uh, Gary is the duck of transmissions. Yeah, yeah. We, we know a little bit about them. Yeah, well, how long have you been, has your shop been open? You, you work transmissions. Yes, I've, I've worked for myself 10 years. December's okay. 10 years. So you do, 
you know, you do, you're a full shop. I mean, you'll do all work, but your specialty is transmissions. Yes. We do as much other stuff as we do transmissions now. I got as many men working on the general repair side of my business as I do transmissions. Uh, so I'm pretty fortunate to have a well-rounded group of men that work for me Mm -hmm. you know whether it's tires alignment air conditioning overheating issues even electrical gremlins you know my crew's pretty good at running that down as well as fixing transmissions rebuilding rear end so i'm pretty fortunate to be able to cover i'm going to say most any problem a person has with their vehicle i uh was over at joe's was it last week or week before last i think it was early last no late last week uh, I was over at his place. I had a headlight that went out. And the way, the way I figured it out is I turned the car off, got out of it, go in the house, turned around, looked, and didn't seem like the garage was as bright as it usually was. Right. And I looked back, and my left front driver's side low beam was out. Well, I called Joe and said, can I bring it by tomorrow? Can we get it done? And he said, yeah, go ahead, bring it by. And when I came by, I said, change that left one and then change the right one, too. I got just as many hours yeah, on them. Yeah, the same amount of hours. And, uh, oh, God, I can't remember the guy's name that did the work. But typically, to do an Acadia, you've got to pull the bumper. Right. He figured out a way of going that skirt that's around the tire. Yeah, the inner fender wheel. He pulled it out and got his hand up, and he changed both sides that way. Yes. There's a lot of cars. You're, the book says you're supposed to pull that front bumper cover to change the headlights. But men's pretty creative, whether it's at my place or Joe's place. You know, we want to not have to spend all of that time and yeah. take that much of the car apart to change a dang headlight bulb. So we try to figure out ways to, to do that and be successful. It's better for the customer. Us. It's just a win-win. And the other thing I did is I put in brighter headlights. Yes. We were talking about our age. It's nice to be able to see. Yeah. They just need to be adjusted properly so we don't blind the rest of the world to where we can see, you know. But it's nice yeah, to see. And I got see. those opera ones, you know. They're really, really well aimed. Right. And I see what's going on in front of me. But I turn on those brights. Boy, now they're bright. Absolutely. And I can see down the road. I like that. All right. Got another phone call for us. Who we got here? We got Benjamin, and Benjamin's got a question for us. Benjamin, how you doing? Welcome to Dave Ellswick's show. Gary Henry's here. What do you got for him? Hey, Gary. I've got a 2003 Ford Explorer automatic transmission, all-wheel drive, and it's slipping pretty bad in reverse. Uh seem to have no problems going in drive, but when I put it in reverse, if I give it too much gas, it just kind of jerks. It'll go, but it's very, very weak. If it's jerking, going in reverse, um, most likely the reverse bands burn out of it. There's there's really no adjustments on it. If the, if it's damaged, it's damaged. Um, the servo pin that applies it, you know, if the ceiling rings or something on it are bad, it could give you a problem. But over the years, the end of that band breaks off. And normally they don't back up at all. When it breaks, it doesn't back up at all. But if yours is backing up, the band's most likely damaged, and it, therefore it can't grip the drum. Therefore, it's going to slip. 
So uh, okay, but that, uh, can can you replace just the band, or is that uh, you got to break down the whole transmission? What's the usual repair uh, cost? Time on that. If that reverse band's burn out of it, it's in the very bottom, and you have to break the whole entire transmission down to do it. Um, a 03, it's going to have a bunch of miles on it. Pretty much, it's it's going to be rebuild the transmission. You know, if you had a bad solenoid or something of that nature, we could repair just that. But in the event you've got internal failure, not only do you have to fix the part that has failed, but the stuff that's causes a bleed inside the transmission a hydraulic leak which doesn't put enough pressure to it and that's what causes the band to burn out all right i appreciate it you're welcome all right. thanks. thanks for your call oh you're just a purveyor of great news today aren't well, you? well it is what it is some days <laughs> that's why whenever i think i got a problem with my transmission i cringe you know because it doesn't seem like it's ever a, a small thing you know, it, it, people can get fortunate and have small problems. You know, uh, a pressure switch like on your transmission, the pressure switches in the early models would blow out and cause shifting issues. Well, you could uh, replace the TCM, or now then we can repair them, you know, and not have to rebuild the transmission. Uh, back in the day, modulators would go bad, hoses would go bad, but they don't have modulators on them anymore. Everything's inside. It's electrical. There's minimum adjustments on the stuff. So when we have problems nowadays, they're most commonly more catastrophic. Yeah. Are, you got a lot of computers in a transmission now? Most transmissions on the GM stuff has got a transmission control module on the valve body inside the transmission. Nissan has some of the stuff. Uh, Ford, you know, has got some circuit boards that's got to be programmed your european stuff mercedes bmw don't work on many of them but they got stuff like that as well on them and that just drives the cost of working on the stuff way up have i heard correctly that the european models are difficult to work on absolutely and the reason is like on the mercedes stuff the circuit board mechatronic unit on the which is the valve body i can replace it but i gotta purchase that from mercedes if i buy one elsewhere they have incorporated the security into the programming of it and it's got to be done at mercedes unless there's someone that's bought the software from them and is the license to do it so they've kind of cornered the market to keep aftermarket out of their cookie jar that's interesting well they want to make more money and that's that's why they got all the money. That's and they know how to do it, and they get away with it. All right. Well, so keep that in mind when you're looking at a Mercedes or whatever. People that drive Mercedes normally has the means have to the get, money. Yeah, have they the don't money. worry about they that, don't right? worry about it, or they just get another one when the, when they have a problem. And that's what you do if you drive one. That's a big deal right now. We we've talked about that off the air before. Let's talk about that on the air just for a moment. You go to a car dealer now. And uh, you just, let's say you're just kicking tires. You're just looking at cars, you know, and just checking things out. You want to see what some of the new stuff is. I have been approached when I've gone by, and I I talk about my car having X amount of miles. I mean, moving up on 300,000. I'm going to have some work done on it. So well, why, why, why do the work on it? Why, you know, why don't you just roll over what you got left to pay on it, put it on a new car? Yeah, and have a much longer pay off on the car and you know i always drive so much that 
I'm going to I'm going to surpass the mileage before I surpass the years. Exactly. It's I mean, GD, the money the money it takes to do that it just keeps a person further and further in debt. Yeah. And I just be I'm one of the people that doesn't like it. I didn't perceive when I buy an automobile or anything, you know, the people in the business, they want to know what your payment's going to be. That's not what I want to know. I want to know how much I'm going to buy the car for or I've done decided how much I'm willing to pay for the car because the guys in the business, if you tell them how much you want your payment to be, they can get They'll you there. They'll work it that way. They're going to get you there. They are very good at what they do, and they're not going to fail. You're going to leave with the car and at the payment you wanted. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm not. I don't buy new cars all the time. Don't do it. I'm. I doubt if I'll ever buy a new one off of the floor now, for the simple reason: a lot of the new model cars they haven't worked all the bugs out of them. Um, th- there's true, true. They they the Acadia their- is a perfect example. Their transmission first two years was terrible. Yes. They read. They refinished the wave plate that breaks, and us rebuilding those transmissions. We have slowed way down on repairing those. We really have. Well, you fi- you fixed things that were going bad with stuff that don't go bad as much. Well, they, you're right, and even GM recognized. Okay, there's a problem here, so let's try to do something to where they don't have so much warranty problems with it themselves Mm -hmm. but thank goodness they've still got some issues in some other things (laughs) and i don't have to learn to flip burgers and cook french fries just yet well i was mentioning to you and and the thing that everybody has to understand it's a man-made machine and it's going to break true things wear out they wear out they go bad metal breaks and on occasion i explain to people hey that's what the guys at the new car dealers are working on is new cars that are broke now they work on other things too but if you go over there a lot of there's a lot of warranty items just because it's new that just means new that's when we buy parts you know and we're trying to figure out a problem new means the part is new but it doesn't mean that it's a good part all right aftermarket parts yes as good as new parts yes in most cases there are some cases I'm going to say no, but most generally speaking, the answer to that is yes. Um, somebody builds the stuff for the OE people, mm-hmm. you know, and there's different grades of aftermarket parts. You can buy the really inexpensive piece. Well, what do you think you're getting for nothing? We don't get something for nothing in this world. That's right. You know, if you buy you a $2 battery, hey, it starts two or three times. What are you griping about? You know, um, you buy an expensive piece, it's going to be there for years to come, generally speaking. It was made by men and machines somewhere, you know. So there's always that possibility of stuff failing, even if it's new, even if we bought the premium product. That's the way it is. Yeah, something that a lot of people don't realize is even the people who make the aftermarket uh, parts make different levels of aftermarket parts that's correct it's not all the same always ask for the best yes you what what does your budget allow for and that's not only that it's a lot of different products i know we're here talking about cars but in life you know i've researched when we buy stuff a lot of the price is how much of the good stuff's in the product Mm-hmm. We've talked about tires with Henry Atkinson over at Logan's. Yep. You know, the tires we get on new cars, 
doesn't seem to last as long as the very same make and of a tire that we buy they're, after that wears that's out. That's because they're not made to the same specifications. That's I, exactly right. I just learned that a few years ago. Yes, that's why the tires at the big box stores and everywhere, they can sell them so cheap and you can't compete with them is because those tires are made to their specs to where they can be bought cheaper. That's how they That's how they win on GMC the price. does. You get brand new cars, tires on your car when you buy a brand new car. Here's the key, though. They buy a huge amount of tires for that model car, and they make them cheaper. Absolutely. Doesn't last do. as long. And when you're buying volume, you get to do that. That's exactly right. All right, well, let's get a break in. Don't forget Mid-State Transmission Auto Repair out in Benton at 5575 Sleepy Village Road. Gary Henry, who is our guest today and been talking to us, if you need transmission work, you need any kind of car work, and you live in that area, he is a uh, bumper-to-bumper certified uh, service center. You can go to them. Bumper-to-bumper certified service centers all work uh, against the same code of ethics. They have well-trained technicians for you. They know what they're doing. They'll take good care of you. Always, well, I'm just going to tell you, go to the bumper-to-bumper uh, folks because – the parts they get from bumper to bumper, two years, 24,000 miles. I know they're looking at extending that warranty maybe to three and 36, but the bottom line is for the first two uh, years and 24,000 miles, if something goes wrong with that part, they're going to put it back in a brand new part at no charge of labor or part to you. Hey, Apples are still out at Holland Bottom Farms at uh, Highway 321 in Cabot. They also have tomatoes. They got red ones. They got green ones, depending on which ones you you want to fry up. Watermelons, okra, yellow squash, zucchini, cucumbers, you name it. They still have a lot of uh, veggies out there at uh, Holland Bottom Farms. Still get their honey, which is from their uh, honey uh, uh, hives that are on the farm. Uh, they also have fall decor now. They got regular pumpkins. They got decorative par- uh, pumpkins. They got straw for you. They can get you some some corn stalks. Uh, they got cotton. They've got mums, and they are also opening uh, for the rest of this month on Sundays from ten in the morning till six p.m. So that's good all week long now. So head on over to Holland Bottom Farm Highway three twenty one in Cabot. All right, let's uh, finish up with Gary Henry. And if you have another question about a, a transmission or any kind of uh, repair on a car, I don't want to make it sound like that's all they work on because they work on your car, whatever might be the problem. Eight two three zero nine six five. We got time to get in one more call. If you want to be that caller, eight two three zero nine six five. You give us a call and and Gary will hear what you got to say and see if he can direct you. Uh, he's done that a couple times during the, the hour that we've been on today. Eight two three zero nine six five. He's not here this weekend. It was you were here last week? I was here last weekend. Yeah, you've got a couple weeks off now. Uh, tomorrow, Ryan Strickland will be here along with Kenneth uh, Sullivan. He'll be here. He's filling in for Tom Barkley out in Greenbrier. So right. Tom will be here in a couple of weeks as well. Ryan Strickland uh, at Pinnacle, which is right off of Highway 10 out there by Walmart, West Side. I got to tell you what, that kid really, uh, I like having him on. He's a real go-getter, and he likes he likes speed. I like to talk to him about fast cars, but 
now he's got you know he's got himself a a baby and i think he's got another one in the oven and and now he's uh, changing his mind about how life should be well that does have a tendency to change things it does sure it does you know the expendable income now goes to the kids instead of the that's right play toys that's been it's so hard or has been so hard for me to explain to my own kids yes so you know i said I tell them this. I say, when you have your first child and they put that baby in your arms, it will be the heaviest weight you will ever lift. For a long time. Yes. They, they, they always depend on you. Till they lay you in the ground, your child, children will depend on you. They will. In some way. In some way, if it's advice or whatever. Yes. You know, that's the way it goes. You know, I would still to this day if my mother was here i would still ask her her opinion and for her advice on what i ought to do because old people have seen a lot they got experience and it's just really tough to beat experience i was talking uh elizabeth who takes care of my uh, so uh my uh my media stuff my social media stuff i was talking to her about that and i said you know you don't know how often i wish i could pick up the phone and talk to my father Right. Because I used to, before I'd make a big decision, I'd always talk to him. He might not have any idea uh, about anything in radio, but I would ask him questions, and, and he would he would uh, ask me questions, and depending on my answers to them, would say, you need to think this through a little bit more. Right. He could tell whether I was making a good decision or a bad decision just by how much information I could share with him. Right. You know, we all got to have somebody. I I ask my wife, and she will keep me in line sometimes on a big decision to keep me from making it too fast yeah, or whatever. She kind of keeps me in check when it comes to big-ticket items or me wanting to invest money, mm-hmm. you know. so Because that's who I got. You know, my mom's gone. My dad's old, you know. So that's that's who I got is her, and I, she does that for me. But if I can pick the sounding phone, board yes. Now. But we all, I still wish I could ask my mother sometimes, just because. Older, you know, and I'm there for my daughter, you know, so that's just the way the life cycle goes. There's a lot to be said about life experience. Can't, it's, it's valuable. I look at my kids, and they'll be talking to me, and I say, do you really want to do that? Right. And he says, okay, go ahead, Dad, rain on my parade. And I go, well, I'm not trying to rain on your parade, I'm just trying to keep you from drowning <laughs> yes <laughs> you know yeah i said i've i've seen that done that been you there. know learn learn a little bit from my mistakes so that you don't make the same mistake yeah, and you get that for free yeah it cost me dearly yeah you know yeah i've been there let me tell i've been you. there you not know. fun no it's not it's not fun. it's very costly and, and it hurts and then you just beat yourself up Gary, thanks for coming in today. Thanks. It's always a pleasure. Filling in for Joe today. Joe evidently is gallivanting around the country somewhere. Somewhere. Doing, doing something for bumper to bumper. He's like, uh, he's he's one of the high echelon guys now. Must be nice to be that needed. <laughs> Better yeah. be quiet. They'll want me to. That's they it. may want me to do that Next sometime. Next year it'll be your turn. There uh, you go. All right, Gary. You have a great one. Have a good weekend, Dave. Again. All right. Bye. We got more coming your way. Uh, I don't know if Robert Steinbach's going to stop by or not. Haven't heard from him. Ask him to stop by. We will talk about Medicare for everyone. You know, that's what the the Democrats are ballyhooing about. Clark Tucker's talking about it. It is not financially 
feasible. We'll talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's move into the final hour of Dave Ellswick Show for a Wednesday. And uh, Meridian Paulson's going to join us. She's with the Heritage Foundation. Something that we've been hearing uh, over the last uh, couple of months uh, from the Democrat side of things, uh, Meridian, is Medicare for all. Barry Sanders, uh, Bernie Sanders, not Barry, Bernie Sanders started this and uh, acting as though it was magically just going to be um, easy to do. Uh, The socialist up there in New York that just got elected, she's been touting it. Clark Tucker has been uh, touting it here in Arkansas. And the bottom line is uh, Medicare for all is going to cost us several trillion dollars. Like, did I hear right? Like $36 trillion. Is that right? You're exactly right. Yeah. The most recent estimate uh, is $32.6 trillion. And that's a pretty consistent estimate. Uh, You know, Medicare for all is in the same vein of the so-called single payer proposals that we've seen all over the country. So, um, you've seen them in Colorado. Vermont actually passed one. And then once they realized how much it was going to cost, the governor who had supported it ended up having to retract it and say, we can't do it now. Um, states are all this place trying to do this. You're right. There's all these leaders. But at the end of the day, what this really is, is this is just government-run health care. Uh, so in, in a single-payer single plan, the way it works is uh, all your current insurance is abolished. And, and that, that varies a little bit. Uh, from plan to plan, but in uh, Senator Sanders' plan, for instance, um, all current private insurance is abolished. So that means the 164 million Americans who are on employer-sponsored insurance, so you're, you're getting your health care through your employer, you're happy with it, uh, those 164 million Americans instantly lose that health insurance and are put onto a government role. Uh, in fact, Medicare itself is actually abolished uh, under Medicare for All, ironically, if it's uh, loosely modeled after Medicare, but Medic- everyone who's currently on Medicare would be knocked off of, of that and put into this new uh, government-run program. So it's this one-size-fits-all solution where everyone shoved into this program. Uh, it's the opposite of moving forward in healthcare, and I think that's what a lot of these candidates and uh, other supporters of it like to tout it as, is this is the next thing in healthcare. It's moving forward. But it really isn't. It's, it's moving us backward. You know, if we look at at everything that's happening around us so in, in the rest of the culture, even in medicine itself, it's always moving toward custom. You have your customizable Starbucks drink. You have your customizable healthcare. Maybe it's a gene therapy uh, where you're using your own personal genes to go and treat yourself. That, that's the wave of the future. Uh, what Medicare for All, government-run healthcare does is it goes backwards and says, no, we're just going to provide one solution for everybody. No choices for you. Well, for whatever reason, and I've yet to figure this out, why is the United States uh, left so enamored with the British version of nationalized health care? It's abysmal over there. I mean, I can give you horror stories after horror stories. I've got British friends that, uh, what was it, they said that they passed a law saying that once uh, an ambulance gets to the hospital, you must be seen in X amount of time, and all that happened was that the, host- the uh, ambulances would put you in the ambulance and then drive you around until they knew that when they arrived at the hospital, you could be seen in that amount of time. Well, that's exactly right. You hear stories like that all the time, or maybe more commonly, you'll hear stories of 
canceled operations uh-huh. uh, last year in total. So the, the British National Health Service, they actually canceled over 84,000 operations. Because you've got to remember, in, in a government-run health plan, the government is controlling all the money. This is, this is a global budget, so they'll decide where all the money goes. And this is all done on tax-limited budget, which no matter how high you push taxes, at some point it's not running on a market-based system, and, and, and the government can only do so much to control these costs. And so the best way they can control costs is to ration care. To uh-huh. eliminate those surgeries that they say, well, this isn't absolutely necessary. We're not sure if this is going to work. And so they'll just cancel that. So, I mean, if you think an insurance company is bad right now, you know, people gripe about my insurance company denied something, at least in the current system, you can go to another insurance company. You can appeal that decision. Uh, you can even work directly with your, con- with your doctor if they're willing to make a contract and make that work. Not yeah. so in, in the British system. You're exactly right. It, it's it's uh, shocking, honestly, that people look to the British system as an example of this when these cancellations, these wait times, uh, you, you hear horror stories of the treatments that people get. Um, it's quite common. Yeah. Does it worry, well, it worries me, I know it worries you, that, you know, Cortez and all of them make these statements as though $36 million, all they're going to do is walk out of the Capitol uh, out on the mall and shake the money trees, and they're gonna they're gonna find thirty six uh, trillion dollars to to run a health care system. That ain't gonna happen. We're not gonna well, we no. don't we don't have the money to do this. So what programs are they gonna stop doing? So they got the money to try to do this stuff. Well, that that's exactly the thing. So when when you look at study after study shows, as I mentioned earlier, that the cost is about thirty two trillion dollars. The the lowest estimate uh, was. Uh, one economist, Ken Thorpe, he estimated um, a little over $20 trillion, um, but he was leaving out a large chunk of services in, in calculating that. Some estimates go up to $44 trillion. These, these are 10-year estimates. Uh, but, but you're looking at that amount, and, and as you say, where do we get that money? Uh, and the, the only possible way to do that, and Bernie Sanders is upfront about this, is uh, to implement a payroll tax um, that would be on everyone. So, so this is not a payroll tax that spares even, even the poor or the people who are, who are neediest. This goes on everyone. So, so the low income are getting the same payroll tax, the middle income are getting the same payroll tax. And the really shocking thing, um, what one economist found, if you were to fully fund Bernie Sanders' plan, uh, you would have to more than double payroll taxes on everyone. So that means, you know, you think about that current roughly 15% that you pay in payroll taxes, federal payroll taxes, um, you'd have to add another 20% or so on top of that to fund it. So now you're getting 35 cents out of every dollar is going just so that you can pay for this incredibly subpar uh, health system. And that, that applies to even the low income. So now about 85% of those who are on Medicaid who are currently getting free care, they would actually end up paying more because now that's coming out of their paycheck rather than being something that's worked out to help protect the poor. It's actually hurting the poor. Yeah, and then what do they do with the people who are not working? I mean, we, yeah. we've already got this problem. Now we just, you know, uh, make it worse. Oh, it's it, exactly. It's it's a, it's a huge hand up. But then, then of course, if, if you have the people not working, then, then you end up with the same problem. Of now you don't have as much money going to the system because the only way you are paying for it is the payroll taxes. It's just a, a self-destroying uh, circle. Yeah, and you got a problem here of, why should you work? If you're going to get it for free, why would you work? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think 
the, all, all the all the market incentives are, are just gone there, and that's that's really what we see happening. Um, on both, uh, on, uh, this is interesting. It's on both the supplier side and and on the demand side. So on the demand side, you're right that there is there is the same elements as you see in uh, in Medicaid expansion, for instance, where um, it's there, there's not this incentive to work. Um, but the the, uh, the real interesting portion is on the supply side because now the government controls all of this money, and as I said before. When you have a, it's essentially it's essential plan system. It's a socialistic system, yep. uh, which I mean, it conjures up images of you know people waiting in bread lines in the USSR. It's really not that far off. That, that's kind of that, that's what's happening in Britain and what's happening in Canada uh, is you have these people just waiting for their rations of care um, because that's the only way that the government can possibly centrally plan this and and make it even remotely work. That and and that should. That should scare everybody, and the most vulnerable in your in your culture become easy targets. We've seen that in Britain several times this year. Yes, yes, you're exactly right. Um, there's, of course, the horror stories, the, the Alfie Evans and Charlie Guard stories, where you have uh, children who are uh, being denied um, access to potentially life-saving care. Um, because the government says we won't pay for it, and then of course in the case of Alfie Evans, they, they doubled down and didn't even want to allow others to pay for it, and that that probably goes beyond the single payer issue. But um, but you see that kind of thing happening, uh, just just dramatic and horrific. Uh, but then even on a arguably smaller scale, you you see other restrictions of, uh, for instance, drugs. Um, a few years ago in England, there was a a big issue where a lot of women uh, were seeking this experimental breast cancer. Um, it was women who had late-stage breast cancer, had very short-term diagnoses, um, but this drug was going to extend their lifespan hopefully by a few months, maybe even a couple of years. Uh, but, of course, it's expensive because it's an experimental drug, and, and we're familiar with that in America, and we've come up with innovative ways to deal with that and are constantly working and coming up with innovative ways to deal with that. But in Britain, not so, because it's entirely now a cost-benefit calculation on the part of the government, and these administrators highly impersonal. So they looked at this cost and said, we don't want to pay for that. So all these women were just completely denied this experimental coverage that could have extended their quality of life. And finally, there was a big enough outcry in the public that eventually there was a a limited release of that drug. Um, But it was just remarkable to see that kind of thing happening fairly routinely in Britain and and, and likewise in Canada, which has a similar system. Yeah, it's... for the life of me, I don't know how socialism and these people that are pushing it has gotten such a foothold in our country. I mean, sure, we've had some programs. I mean, Social Security is a socialist program, Medicaid, Medicare, all of those are socialist programs. But never in my wildest imaginings did I ever believe that our country would be open to the idea that a centralized government can do everything for us, and we're just going to give us give them basically all of our money. If we can buy our Cheetos and play our games, then we're happy. It, it, this is yeah, not the it's, it's not the country that and, I grew and, and up and in. Interesting, interesting. You bring up too that we do have programs that are run a little bit like this. The um, the only two programs which Bernie Sanders keeps in his plan um, are the VA, which of course is notorious for. Problems in administration, and, yes, um, 
And then the Indian Health Service, uh, which is, isn't really insurance to begin with, uh, but it's, it's, for, it's for people on reservations. And uh, essentially what, what happens there is there's a, a fee schedule and then the program consistently, year after year, runs out of money about halfway through and then all those people get pushed on to Medicaid. Uh, so so th- those are the two programs which Bernie Sanders preserves, and then everyone else is shut on to this, this program that's uh, in many ways similar to that in Britain or Canada. Yeah, it's 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 scary. I mean, I, I when people talk about socialized medicine, I said I already had it when I was in the Air Force, and I'd get I'd go out and sit in line for you know an hour in the morning if you had a cold and you needed to see a doctor. Well, you never got to see the doctor. You saw a physician's assistant because the flight sur- uh, surgeon only saw the pilots. I mean, it's a perfect example if you extrapolate it out about. You know, this kind of Medicare on demand would be for the average citizen. The people that they will t- term being the most important will get the best care. It's it's just the way it works. Well, exactly. And the, the argument, of course, that's the that on the last like to make to support this is that um, everyone has a right to health care and that uh, we need to support that right. I think everyone agrees that, yes, we need to make sure that everyone is getting the health care that they need. The interesting thing is, though, that in the United States, uh, we really have more of a right to health care, if you will, uh, than in some of these other countries. Uh, because in the United States, if you truly are in an emergency situation, you truly need help, you can, you can walk into that emergency room. And of course, there's all the conversations about how to reduce that kind of utilization. But we do that, and we will treat you regardless in the United States. Not so in these other countries. No. Uh, you know, there, there, there are situations where people may get that kind of care. There are situations where they will not. Um, and, and you do hear these horror stories of, of people dying simply because they didn't get care or having long-term conditions because they couldn't get treatment in time. Um, in Canada, which has a system uh, very similar to what Bernie Sanders wants to impose, um, it can take up to 52 weeks to get your hip surgery. Uh, so so that, that's a full year. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can imagine you have a, you have a hip or a knee injury, um, and then here in the United States, you're what, waiting a, a few days, maybe a few weeks if, if it's not too bad. You're waiting up to a year in Canada to get that. And by that point, you certainly are going to have long-term damage um, or at least be suffering for that year. Our guest, Meridian Poulton from the Heritage Foundation. Meridian, if people, I know you've written about this, uh, if they want to read some of your papers, do they just go to heritage.org and type your name in somewhere? That, that is exactly where they go, yes, heritage.org. Okay, and, and check it out. And Paulton. I have, a, I have all kinds of respect uh, for you all and your organization. I've done my radio show from the Heritage Foundation. Uh, they're just down from Union Station, and you all do a great, great job. You've done a great job with, with President Trump. You, you've helped, uh, uh, your organization has helped, you know, put up some great people to go on to the Supreme Court and, uh, what do you, let me let me divert just for a moment and ask you the the next mm-hmm. person that that Trump says that he may put on to the Supreme Court if he gets to put another person on and uh, there's no telling if it happened or not but Amy Barrett seems to be the next person in line if we thought this battle was big with uh, uh, with Kavanaugh Amy Barrett is in for just living hell wouldn't you think. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was horrific to, to watch what happened over the last couple of weeks. And uh, great, grateful, certainly, for the confirmation and the work of my colleagues in the legal department here who 
who made that happen. But uh, just just terrific to watch what had you had to go through to get there. Any idea, just from your thoughts, and, and and this will be my last question for you, and I'll let you get back to what you're doing, which is probably more important than talking to me. But the bottom line is, why are the American people so readily, seems like easy, uh, to swallow this whole move to socialism? I mean, I remember when Clinton was president, we did some ra- they did some radio and TV ads with a couple talking about socialized single-payer medicine that Hillary Clinton wanted, and it went down in flames. Not so much anymore. You know, I think, I'm glad you asked that question, because I think this gets to a real frustration that the American people are rightly feeling. Now, single-payer is not the answer to that, but um, the reality is, since Obamacare uh, premiums are on the rise, uh, they have doubled since Obamacare. Um, Medicaid expansion has pushed millions of Americans onto the subpar coverage, uh, in half of American counties, there is only one choice of insurer, or essentially no choice. You have the one insurer, and that's all you can do. Um, and people are fed up with this. And, and so they, they are ready to move to just a clean slate, just to, to move on to Medicare for all, or to move on to government-run health care, um, because they think it's the only answer. But the reality, of course, is different. And we here at the Heritage Foundation, along with a number of our colleagues, have worked together to bring a a grassroots-led effort uh, on the healthcare choices proposal, which would take current funds, uh, give them to states, and then require those states to empower individuals to have choices of what healthcare they're going to have, to lower premiums, to ensure that the poor and the sick are protected. There are other solutions out there, and it's important that the public know that. All right. Go to heritage.org and educate yourself about this because you don't want to take our country down that slope of uh, socialism. If Venezuela worries you, what you see on TV, uh, it's really not that far reached to see the United States go that exact same way. It don't take long. I mean, remember, Venezuela was one of the richest countries around just a decade ago. Not so much anymore. Meridian, thanks so much for joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. Take a break. Come back. Robert Steinbach going to join us next half hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Just about 20 seconds, and we'll be into the news, bring you up to date on, uh, uh, you know, Hurricane Michael. It's moved from a Category 4 to a Category 2. It's approaching Macon, Georgia right now. A lot of rain, but not the big winds that they got when it made uh, land at 155 miles an hour. So let's hear what the news has to give us as we pause for that. Hey, do you like working outdoors? Are you looking to, you know, move up the career ladder? Do you like to use your hands? Uh, PI Roofing is looking for someone just like you, especially if you're detail-oriented. And they're paying up to $20 an hour for the special people that uh, they can bring in to work with them with a career with PI Roofing because they're expanding. Uh, They are growing. And they're doing it uh, with their uh, the PI Roofing Home Solutions Department, uh, for instance, uh, their commercial roofing area, their residential roofing area, and their home solutions division. All you have to do is get a hold of them and prove to them that you've got the wherewithal to be part of the team. Apply at piroofing.com. That's piroofing.com or call them 501-707-3551. 
Robert Steinbach has come in to join us, uh, join with us for about 30 minutes, and uh, he's had uh, quite an experience over the last few days. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, As you and many of your listeners know, uh, my mother's ill. She moved with me here uh, temporarily uh, to uh, Little Rock, and we had to go into the hospital, um, and we went over to St. Vincent's, and they have been absolutely fantastic. And so first thing I can tell you and, and your listeners is St. Vincent's, uh, the, j- just wonderful. Uh, we showed up to the emergency room. Everybody there was caring, got her in very quickly. Uh, we went into a regular room, of course. All their rooms are private rooms, and that's not so that she can have a, uh, a, a like a hotel room. It's so that you're not sitting next to somebody else who can get you you sick and vice versa and so it's really wonderful um and she's doing very well she should be home uh, likely tomorrow um the latest the day after i and don't it, have anything bad to say about st vincent's yeah. where i had my open heart surgery is that right yes. good for you good for you and then it contrasts remarkably with the nightmare that i've had with uams since i returned uh, to little rock uh, when i came before i came back to little rock I made arrangements for my mother to have a a doctor here. Uh, I I contacted some folks at UAMS, some people in the leadership, and they put me in touch with this doctor, Kristen Zorn. Uh, And they were very pleasant to us. We went in and met with her. And during that first meeting, this doctor, Kristen Zorn, announces to my mother, excuse me, to us about my mother, uh, that she's going to be dead in half a year. I have never... What? Yeah, she, she announces she's going to be dead in half a year. Kristen Zorn, the doctor at UAMS, and she says, uh, she just says, let me lay it out for you. I have never heard a doctor say that before. Uh, and in fact, I know doctors that won't even give you odds of like living, you know, they say, if you're going with cancer, well, what are my odds? I'm sorry, I don't do that, many doctors say. But uh, uh, many doctors will say, well, look, statistically, uh, the five-year, this percentage is alive, the two-year, this, yeah, right, that kind of thing. But she says, within six, six months, my mom will be dead. That's what Dr. Kristen Zorn tells us. So that's a, that's how we start out. And then, by the way, she starts to argue with me because we're giving fluids at home through IV. And I and I said, well, I, and she says, that's extraordinary treatment. Well, I don't think it's particularly, particularly extraordinary, frankly. And as you know, I teach a lot in medicine, so I'm yeah. not just coming to, to this blindly. Uh, and, I'm, and none of the other doctors, including the one that ordered the hydration at home, thought it was extraordinary at all. Um, but Dr. Kristen Zorn did over at UAMS. And then... Uh, she made uh, so then we went back home and we had those standing orders and my mom was getting certain treatment from her New York doctor and Dr. Zorn uh, um, added to some of that treatment by allowing different access etc and then when my sister tried to call to get um, uh, approval for physical therapy at home essentially Dr. Zorn says I can't treat your uh, mother anymore so she fired us have you ever heard of a doctor firing a patient but Dr. Christian Zorn fired us, fired my mother. And I wrote back and I said, I expect you to do your job, frankly. And she said, then she writes back and said, well, with statements like that, I certainly can't work for you guys. So she fired us twice. Wow. And then I got in touch with the leadership uh, over at UAMS. And they told me, well, they put me in touch with another doctor. I said, I wasn't asking for another doctor. They said, well, bring your mother in. I said, I wasn't asking to come in. 
I was asking for the continued care, a lack of abandonment. Uh, so needless to say, just to loop around, we're over, we went to uh, St. Vincent's when this I- current issue arose. St. Vincent's uh, gave her, uh, is giving her excellent care. They're going to make from insurance, and maybe we'll have to pay from her, tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. that UAMS has now abandoned because of their lack of attention uh, to my mother's well, uh, care. empathy. Right. Their lack of empathy. Right. So there's a lack of treatment. They suffer economically. But this is the problem with these public institutions. I heard in your last segment, you're talking about socialized medicine. If there's no incentive to do the right job, guess what? Then there's no incentive to do the right job. That's right. Like it's self-explanatory. It is the it is the tautology that is the most meaningful, I, uh, I believe. And so this is the problem with big public medicine. You show up, they tell you you want to come, come. You don't want to come, don't come. We don't care essentially. And the, as in this case, when Dr. Kristen Zorn fired my mother as a patient in all my years, by the way, uh, uh, going to doctors and indeed through my experience in law and medicine, I've never personally experienced such a thing yet here it is for so my how did your mother handle this well uh, my mother was not uh, didn't have her hearing aid working at that oh, first meeting good. so she didn't get to hear the pronouncement mm-hmm. the pronouncement that she'll be dead in six months from dr yeah. christian zorn i mean i've never heard it. now look let's be clear my mother is not in great health and i don't know how long she has but what i do know is that nobody knows how long she has that's exactly right nobody knows how long so if they said to us well look the 50 percent odds based on the statistics puts are at this point and the 75% at this point, that would be one thing. But to make this pronouncement, I have never seen such a thing in my life. Yeah. It's not the kind of medical care I want to get for my mother. I tell you that right now, Dave. Well, and that, you know, I try to warn people constantly. I've been talking about this ever since they've been talking about Obamacare. And then the American people got suckered right. uh, into that. That's right. And now they're trying to sucker them into this whole Medicare for all. Right. And, and I'm back again trying to warn people that whenever the government tells you they they can do something better than the the private sector, exactly. run away as fast as you That's can. Because exactly right. they cannot they, do they it. They cannot do it. And if you look at St. Vincent in contrast, what does St. Vincent offer? They are private. They have a profit motive. And... They are related to the the Catholic Charities, which Mm -hmm. is truly one of the one. You know, I'm Jewish. Catholic Charities is really one of the wonderful uh, sources in this world for for good care. Uh, I'm not saying they always do things perfectly, but uh, Catholic Charities, but they are a wonderful organization. And St. Vincent has taken wonderful care of my mother. Well, they were great for me when I went in and had quintuple bypass surgery. Yeah. I mean, I was out of there and. about five days that's terrific after it was all said and done and i was feeling good two days after the surgery they they were there whenever if i needed pain medication which i didn't they just right. did a really good job right and uh, i can't say nothing but good things about yeah them. no they're really wonderful and and like i mentioned earlier this notion of having a private room when you're admitted to the hospital is not about it's not a fancy room look they yeah. don't right uh, they don't have a little uh, mini bar or anything like that it's a simple room but you're not sitting next to a sick person um and yes you're sick but you have one illness and the person next to you almost inevitably doesn't have the identical illness and there's that cross-contamination in those rooms with the uh, curtains yeah and this is that's a medical difference that 
you will receive when you go to St. Vincent. And that's that's remarkable. Remarkable. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree wholeheartedly with you. Did you get to hear Meridian uh, Paulton talk about this Medicare? I, I, I caught the, the, the second you know, half of it. All, that was one of the reasons I wanted to swing yeah, by. I, I just, yeah. you know, this whole thing about, uh, and I swear, it sounds like when I was a, a, t- a young teenager and I'd go to my dad and say, hey, I need uh, I need this so I can do that. And right. His, his old saying was, do you see a money tree in the backyard? And uh, the people in Congress act like they can leave from the chambers, walk into the back of the Capitol, which is the side where the mall is at, shake some trees and trillions of dollars just fall that's right. out that's right it just comes from nowhere yeah you, you know you know where it nowhere. comes it comes from people's pocketbooks that's where it comes it from as uh, as meridian was saying uh you're looking at an increase of about 25 percent of the money uh, over the money they're already taking from your paycheck well, every and, month and that was the problem one for of every the problems, paycheck yeah one of the problems with the obamacare is what they didn't tell you is they they took money from uh medicare uh and so Everybody pays in the Medicare. Was it five hundred million dollars? I I don't even recall, but it was a huge number. And so that you pay into Medicare, and then you want to go get services. And we went with my mother to get services to her doctor, and they. I remember that they were like we're switching the medication, and the doctor said, "Yeah, this is because of Obamacare because they took money out of this system and it went into another system, mm-hmm. and that's why you can't get such and such." This is what the doctor told me. Yeah. I have no idea. The doctor told me this. Right. Right? And so, in fact, I remember it was the PA who told me. She said, yeah, um, you're not able to get this well, medication. there's a perfect example, PA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're not seeing, I'm not saying there's bad That's things about bad. PAs. Right. Okay? Exactly. Exactly. They can take my temperature, my blood pressure, and all that. But when it comes to somebody telling me what's wrong with me, I want a doctor to do that, yeah. not yeah. a physician's assistant. Yeah. Well, I think they have a very important role, but as you say, they're a physician's assistant. I need at some point to see the physician, and I need to see the physician. Mm-hmm. You know, and I make that clear when I go to a, a practice that has both. I say, oh, I'm happy for you to do a whole bunch of stuff, but at some point we need to see the yeah, physician. If you want to give me the shot, right. that's fine. Right. I know you can do it. You want to take my blood? I know right. you can do that. Right. But when it comes to diagnosis, right. I want the doc. That's right. That's right. That's I want right. the doc. All right, let's take a break. Yep. We'll come back. We'll talk more. Did you know there's 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits? How about the 2,728 rules in the Social Security handbook? And to make matters worse, the government will uh, tell you that they've told the Social Security Administration that they're forbidden to offer you any personalized advice. They can't help you. No wonder why as much as $10 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year. Uh, David Lucas wants you to know that you can learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. All you have to do is be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. You don't want to leave thousands of dollars on the table for your retirement. And you can do that by just, if you take your Social Security at, let's say, 62 instead of when you fully vest it. You are going to lose big money. I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to lose big money. If you can stay until 70, you'll make big money. Get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. Call 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. Hey, don't forget about my friends at Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. If you're someone who needs their services, 
They have uh, the technology. They have the prosthetics to take care of you. Uh, and uh, whether it's an orthotic or a prosthetic, uh, they are looking to make sure that you get the mobility you want. They'll do everything in their power to get you to that point or as close as they possibly can. So keep that in mind. They're working on new things uh, with new uh, you know, technologies so that they can take care of you because they pride themselves on their patient relationships. I mean, they've got some people, and I've met them, that have been their patients for 15, 20, 25 years. They know uh, the patient, know their families. Uh, they you know, have them over and have barbecues there at the – at uh, at Hortons, things of that nature. They got six locations now: Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. It's Hortons Orthotics and Prosthetics, providing a lifetime of support. Well, Robert, we've got uh, Mitch McConnell 2.0. We've got uh, Lindsey Graham 2.0, and maybe 3.0. Yeah, on Lindsay's I like remarkable. I like all I like these the new Lindsay. changes. Yeah, yes, these sir. changes. Mitch McConnell had another one of those great speeches. And I want you to listen to yes, this. Yes, sir. Here we go. Yesterday, I was pleased <clears throat> to attend the ceremonial swearing-in for the newest member of our Supreme Court, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Justice Kavanaugh's remarks yesterday affirmed yet again what his record and his testimony clearly told us. He'll be a thoughtful, fair-minded justice who's committed to applying our laws and our Constitution as they're actually written. His confirmation last week was a victory for the very same principles of fairness and justice that we can now count on with him, along with his fellow justices, to uphold. So, Mr. President, Saturday's vote was also a victory for the Senate, for this institution, and for the integrity of this institution. Reason and deliberation triumphed over what was literally, literally, an attempt to sway the Senate using mob tactics. I wish this were an exaggeration, but it isn't. While many came to Washington peacefully to share their stories, the loudest voices proved to be those of the politically motivated far left. The same far left special interests that had pledged total opposition to any Supreme Court nominee before the ink was even dry on Justice Kennedy's retirement, they pulled out all the stops. They did everything they could. When it became clear Justice Kavanaugh's nomination would not be stopped on the merits, well, as we know, that was only the beginning. Far-left activists decided that the United States Senate and their members should be harassed and intimidated wherever they might be, in a restaurant, with family, getting out of their own car, or in their own homes. Anything went. When they did not get their way, when these tactics failed to sway us, they just turned up the anger even more. Protesters disregarded the men and women of the Capitol Police, trampled barricades, stormed the steps of the Capitol and the Supreme Court, climbed on statues, and tried to literally shout down senators right in the middle of the roll call vote here in the Senate. When the dust settled, literally hundreds of arrests had been made. Extraordinary security measures were required to protect the Senate, the Supreme Court, 
as well as the Kavanaugh family and members of this body and Senate staff have received threats of violence and murder. After all that, I'm afraid the far left had only succeeded in only one thing. They made it even more difficult for the vast majority of Americans to take them seriously. They made it difficult for most Americans to take these people seriously. But the madness hasn't stopped. They're already signaling that even more drastic steps may be necessary now that Justice Kavanaugh is on the court. Some left-wing publications are already trying to lay the groundwork for, you guessed it, literally packing the court with more justices. That's right. The far left has gone scrounging through the ash heap of American history, and they're banding about that discredited fantasy from back in the 1930s. In the meantime, while the groundwork is laid for that scheme, one far-left pressure group is already trying to circulate petitions that Judge Justice Kavanaugh should be impeached. Justice Kavanaugh should be impeached. The mob would like to make itself perfectly clear, Mr. President, if Democrats retake Congress, quote, progressives expect them to use their full power to get Kavanaugh off the bench. So it's pretty obvious the all-consuming animosity toward this nominee, independent of all the facts and all the evidence, still being stoked. The far-left mob is not letting up. Earlier today, former Secretary of State Clinton sent this signal as clear as today. This is Secretary Clinton. She told CNN exactly how she views millions of Americans who hold different political views from her own. Here's what she said. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for. If we're fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. No peace until they get their way. More of these unhinged tactics. Apparently this is the left's rallying cry. But fortunately, the American people know that the fact-free politics of hate, fear, and intimidation are not how we actually govern in our democratic republic. The Senate and the nation will not be intimidated. There you go. Wasn't it Hillary Clinton, Dave, that said during the election process, oh, I think Donald Trump is not going to accept the results of this, this That's election. Exactly That's right. undemocratic. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You can't tolerate that behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you're part of the establishment, you always say, oh, the establishment is fine when you expect that you will continue to be part of the establishment. But once the electorate boots your tired behind out of politics and says no thank you to your method of leadership and government, all of a sudden your establishment ways go by the wayside. That's why we've always said of all the people, Hillary was the biggest hypocrite in politics and she had to go. Still is. But she's not per se directly in politics. Maybe. How How about this special tour that bill and hillary are doing about the hashtag 
Me Too movement. Oh, it's remarkable, right? Right. All the, they've gotten on that train, and uh, and it, Bill Clinton right, is on right, there, right? One of exactly. the greatest abusers of women that have been that held office. Well, she, you remember what Hillary said? She said, "Well, uh, women should be believed until they're not to be believed." Uh, but she now seems to change her story, doesn't she? Like I don't know where she stands on it. There seems to be one standard for her and her husband, and another standard for everybody else. That's the problem with the Clintons from day one. Yep. That's why Hillary wasn't elected, because she w- walked around this country or drove around or was chauffeur- chauffeured around this country, and it was clear to everybody that there was a standard for the Clintons and a standard for everybody else. That's why she lost the election. We're out of time. God bless. And you come in, and it goes so fast. God bless, my friend. I'll see you Monday. Yes, All sir. right. We'll take a break until 2 o'clock tomorrow. Have a great evening. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.